What'd you say? Hey everybody, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, welcome back to Game Junction Podcast. Uh, we have some crazy news again this week. Um, I have Lay, Brandon, and Mark here. We're going to talk about everything that's been going on. Um, just a brief rundown of everything that's been happening this week and we're going to be talking about is um, we got some news from Xbox. We have a PlayStation 6 um, rumors. Uh, we have some news uh, about RuneScape. Uh, we have uh, X-Men 97 making a comeback with new episodes. Some really, really exciting stuff. So, uh, yeah, let's just jump right in. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Not too bad. Doing good, man. Everybody have a pretty good week? Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> pretty crappy week, not going to lie. At least so, we got news just- in the weekend. Yeah, yeah. At least we got the Xbox podcast, right? There you go. Yeah, listen. Podcast. It was so short. Yeah, I know. It was so short. (laughs) So trash. So short and so boring to watch. I don't know if it was me, but I was like... Brandon and I kind of briefly talked about it. Yeah, it's... They could literally put put up two tweets and just cover everything they talked about. It was a nothing yeah. burger, literally a nothing burger. I mean, it. So we were talking before, and it they they kind of had to do something, right, to build up some sort of hype for them to get seen or attention in some regard. Whether it was you know a nothing burger or not, they they needed to do something. Now, um, I, I did I like it? No, <laughs> super boring. Uh, it was absolutely terrible, and yeah, they could have did it a different way, but I think if they would have just put out two tweets, which they could have, it, it wouldn't have been the same effect. Like, it, I saw, now, unfortunately, I couldn't because I had an appointment, but I plan on streaming it. I was like, oh, crap, falls on then. I saw so many people streaming that podcast. It was unreal. Like, everybody. Like, people that were Nintendo channels, PlayStation channels, everybody was streaming it, and um, it was just kind of big general news because we heard, hey, games are coming to other platforms. Xbox is done. Xbox, no more consoles. So for everyone, it kind of made sense to to cover that or talk about it or stream it. And uh, yeah, I mean, so what's, what was your guys' sort of takeaway with, we know four games, right? And we're pretty sure we know the games, but what 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 was your sort of takeaway there, there were some key points, but I was just kind of disappointed with Indiana Jones. He said that straight up, and my excitement just went from here to straight down. I was like, "Oh, okay." I guess we'll find out what the other four are going to be. Which <clears throat> I can only get—I can guess one, but I'm guessing you guys already get the other three guesses for what they're going to be. Yeah, give you three guesses. Go for it. I think Sea of Thieves. Grounded. Yeah. Grounded. That was an yeah. early access game. Hi Fi Rush. And Pentiment, probably. Wait, that- didn't they say that it's gonna be two smaller games that are not out yet? Because they said it's gonna be like two large. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know about the not out part yet. Is Pentiment maybe, out? Maybe. No, I thought they were, they were out. Out. Yeah, I thought it because was all games been, that are been out. out for a while. Yeah, and and Nate the Hate, um, it, we covered it. I think it was episode sixty nine. Nate the Hate said, "Hey, nice. a game that was a, <laughs> um, a game that was a, uh, game of the year contender, was going to be brought to other platforms." I mean, th- this guy is the insider of insiders because he just gets everything right, and he's like, he's part of the Spawn cast and and all that jazz. And he's got the Nate the Hate podcast. Well, Hi-Fi Rush is one of those games, and that's almost I, that one's a ten out of ten coming for sure, one hundred percent. It is a Switch game through and through. That that would sell like gangbusters on the Switch. It's like a Switch style game. It would work like the graphical style, like if it's Switch more than anything. So like that makes sense. And then Sea of Thieves, it's been out for like what six seven years. So yeah, bring mm-hmm. it, bring it yeah, over to everything, bring, put it on everything. Yeah, uh, even that would be good on Switch. Yeah, yeah, it would for sure, and I think it would run fine. It's a game that the graphical style uh, fits, and it's not in a it's not an intensive game on the hardware. Uh, grounded, I think, makes sense because that that went into early access probably like three years ago or something. So it's been mm. out for a while, and it's also a game that would fit on Switch, and it would work on PlayStation too. Um, I played it when it was in early access. I didn't care for it. Again, it was early access. I haven't played it since, but um, I think those are probably the four games. The only one like I'm not 100% sure on is Pentiment, but that is, seems to be also the general consensus, and those are the first four games that came to my mind before I even saw anybody else's opinion. So I think it's probably, um, probably those. Hmm. What do you guys think? grounded makes yeah. sense because you can bring the community through it right um yep. i'm not sure about the others i i don't know why but i I'll, I'll have to listen back to it but i'm pretty sure phil said something in the lines of like two smaller games that are gonna come out as in they didn't come out yet on any co- platform but maybe i'm wrong i don't well, know look it up yeah i'm not i'm honestly not sure maybe i missed that part um because that that would just change it completely, you know what I mean? Like, go ahead. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say one of the big things he did say in there is like these games have a huge community, which they're gonna want to migrate to everywhere else. Mm, okay. Which Maybe all those games do. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, I didn't know Grounded had a huge community, but again, I haven't kept up with it. I don't. I played early access. Don't know anything else. So, I to be honest with you. That game, I might have to look a little more into that game again because I, I didn't know it was like a super community focused game, but obviously it is, um, which is interesting. Have Have you guys played that one at all? I did briefly until there was giant effing spiders, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, nope, nope." Yeah, back to cod. It, you know, it reminded me of uh, "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids," so I I dug that part. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what it reminded but me I- of. So, but we know uh, Starfield and Indiana Jones are not going, as you said. Starfield for sure is not going multi-platform. Um, nothing of value is lost. <laughs> nobody, nah. nobody's no, too upset. 
Nobody's too upset about that one. Lee, do you have an Xbox? I do, but only Xbox, uh, Xbox One. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Indiana Jones, uh, is it going to make you grab a Series X? Perhaps this Christmas, yeah. Gotcha. That would be my wedding gift to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it, it's worth it. That game looks so good, dude. To me, that's a system seller. It looks really good. So, but uh, we've also we've we've got a lot of stuff this week. So, on top of that, um, we I guess we'll go ahead and dive into. Um, before that, we knew that Microsoft had like an internal meeting and said that they won't stop making consoles. So they semi address that during the podcast, but that's what they're claiming. We aren't making consoles. We aren't uh, laying anybody else off. We aren't doing anything like that. Um, so, I, I, whatever. Uh, consoles are sticking around. But uh, something I found super interesting, um, which I attached to an article for you guys, uh, the PS6 basically got revealed. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the... Um, President of PlayStation um, discussed the PlayStation hardware stuff and um, revealed sort of the specs of the PS6, and it will be hitting 8K60, which I find hilarious because the box of the PlayStation already says 8K on it. Um, so here they are promoting that again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they also said what I found really interesting was they said that the PlayStation five is in the latter half of its life cycle. Yeah. It's not even that old of a console. That's that doesn't make any sense. Right. So it just sounds like they're foregoing the, the midlife upgrade and they're just going to five, six years. Here's your next console. Jump straight away to the next one. Yeah. I mean, Instead I of PlayStation it, slim to me. It makes sense. I, I was never a fan of the, midlife upgrades is just a way to keep this one console relevant for longer but yeah i I mean so it released in november of 2020 so we haven't even hit four years yet and from what we knew before this was supposed to be roughly like an eight-year life cycle which i guess standard is anywhere from six to eight um six years at this point yeah, it it sounds like this is going to be a shorter life cycle, and a lot of people are like, hmm, well, the PlayStation 5 hasn't even seen close to its full potential of, of what it can do hardware-wise, and it also has not gotten the games that a normal console at this rate would have gotten. Like, the PS4 was loaded with first-party games. Like, that, that console will go down in history for people. With with the exclusives on that system, and um, we've got to take in consideration that that uh, that's heavily impacted by COVID. Like the the game yeah. development, like AI didn't pick up yet. COVID hit pro- productivity and just getting in general used to like work from home, remote work, whatever. Like that sh- probably tanked productivity by thirty forty percent until you know. Everybody was slacking, let's be real. Like, they were not trying as hard. You know, everybody was going through a rough time. So I I would assume that that's why. But then also on the flip side, even though they didn't get as many games, because of COVID, there was a lot more gamers. Like, I mean, it's not 
people, I, I would assume at, at this point, know that, you know, the COVID, the two years of COVID, it was like the best time for, for video games or for the whole industry. Like everybody became a gamer. Everybody started streaming video games. Like it exploded. So I feel like maybe they just made a shitload of money. They probably already had the hardware in the works. And, you know, they're like, yeah, let's do it. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm sure that that had uh, a massive effect on that, but it just seems weird to to come out and say that. To me, that that whole thing is weird. Like we we know that a PS5 Pro is coming. We we got we got the the slim. We got the slim. That always happens right before the the Pro. We got that Mm -hmm. with no disc drive or buy the disc drive separately. Um. So we know that's coming. So I mean that that essentially just says, hey, that, that this is what what's happening. Um, they they talked about that pretty much, and uh, yeah, I mean they're targeting 8K 60, 4K 120 for the PS or for the uh, PS6, which is what PS5 is already supposed to do. I mean it does it, but not well. <laughs> uh, we'll just put Maybe it that it's way. Just a pro. Yeah, maybe I'm, it's just a pro they're gonna release instead of PlayStation Six. It's just gonna be PlayStation Five Pro. Yeah, I, I don't. Well, both were mentioned. Both were mentioned. So uh, we know that oh. the PS Five Pro is is coming. I I think probably. Uh, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it came out this year, later this year, with this article and saying this stuff. Like it's coming soon. Obviously, you're mentioning the next That's console. Not... So yeah, it's at the end of this year. That's what I'm thinking. And then same with the, the, the Switch, which we'll get and dive into a little bit of that. The Switch 2, um, what I found interesting in just the last day, um, apparently there, there's a rumor right now that the Switch 2 may get delayed to next year. Uh, I, I, I don't know exactly where this is coming from, um, but I saw it all over Twitter and... I, I do have a question. How is it getting delayed if we've never gotten like a an actual release date for it yet? I don't know. You talking- any kind of a, any kind of official announcement from Nintendo on it? Right. That's 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 a great point. I don't know. You type in Switch Two rumors, and literally all five articles come up. Switch Two, uh, Switch successor reportedly pushed to twenty twenty five, and this is coming from. Uh, I believe that Nate the Hate may have said this, but it looks like Eurogamer covered it, uh, VGC report, uh, looking at Q1 2025, which there have been consoles that have launched in Q1, um, I think the Wii U being one of them. Um, I, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't be surprised, because, uh, like, like Kurgle mentioned, um, COVID, Stuff like that. Maybe they need to iron some stuff out. If they do need to iron stuff out and there's stuff to be worked on, delay it. Don't release something that Take sucks because you can't you can't just fix a console like that. You can do firmware upgrades, but you can't fix the actual hardware if there's a problem there. If there's something going on with the chips, there's a shortage, whatever. It could be any of that. So, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people reporting on that, so... I don't, it just sounds really misleading if you ask me. It's like it's maybe their internal estimations it's delayed, but nothing that was ever put out to the public. It, I don't know. It's just how I how I see uh, some things. Maybe maybe it was actually never coming out this year. Maybe it was always always meant to be twenty twenty five, and everyone's just jumped the gun on it. Possible. Yeah, could be. I mean, we never got a 
confirmation on it. Um, apparently, so I, here, I found this interesting, which we've apparently known this for a while. And this did come from Nate the Hate. So I, I believe the, the source on this. But um, apparently the Switch 2 will have an LCD display, even though they moved over to OLED for, for the Switch. And uh, the OLED switch, when you play in handheld, looks absolutely amazing. An OLED screen, just period, just looks phenomenal. Uh, but apparently they're going to move back to an LCD display, which I find interesting. Um, so it makes me wonder... Well, could, go ahead. I was going to say that that goes back to the, like when you and I talked about it. There's a possibility there's a few iterations, right? Maybe they still are gonna do the OLED, but that's going to be like the pro version, right? Like the same mm. as the Steam Deck did. Like the, the top... You know, the, the top of the keys. line, yes, yeah, this top of the line Steam Deck is going to have like a nicer screen, a better, you know, travel case, more robust like buttons, whatever. And then they're just going to have a cheaper version for the masses, which, you know, whatever. I mean, it makes sense. They're probably, yeah. I don't know if they lose money with the OLED screen on the uh, Switch OLED. So either it's a, they can't get enough of them or they're just trying to. To them, it's like, yeah, it's just not worth the, the cost benefit. Yeah, because a lot of the times when you think about it, even though it's a handheld, like if you just get a regular LCD and you use it in docked mode for like family time, like who cares yeah. what what screen is on your actual handheld, right? So yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, this, this says, uh, I mean, OLED screens are um, by nature more expensive than LCD. LCD screens are dirt cheap and... This says, uh, it, you know, could be trying to lead to a more affordable price point. So, yeah, there could be different tiers or we could just have like the Steam Deck where you get the Steam Deck. And what, two years later, they announced the OLED. Was it two years? Roughly, maybe. Um, so, yeah, it could, it could be something like that where there's a few models. But so what you're saying is I should just wait and not get the Switch 2. <laughs> I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> yeah, just get a Switch 2. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I guess it's up to you. But yeah, there's more mention of uh, DLSS, which we kind of already knew and is being implemented pretty much across the board. It's pretty uh, pretty common. I'm sure the PS5 Pro will be using it as well as the next Xbox iteration, I'm sure. Um, it saves money on hardware. Uh, it, it's It's been shown the... To really put out results, so uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting. Um, it, it's also been rumored to launch with a Mario Kart, so that would be a pretty big deal considering that's the number one selling game on the Switch, and uh, everybody loves Mario Kart. No shocker there. Yeah, yeah. What I wonder though is how can you top Mario Kart Eight Deluxe? Because like. It's like Smash Brothers. It has everything in it. It's Mario Kart 8 Ultra Deluxe Plus. <laughs> Definitive Edition. Exactly. Yeah. 4K. Yeah, I think we talked about the, the whole Smash Brothers thing. Like, uh, they just bring that over to the, the Switch 2 as like an upgraded version. Um, but I mean, like, Mario Kart 8 is a, a Wii U game. And, you know, they just added a bunch of, con- like, a crap ton of content to the Switch version. Like, we just got the final tracks for that game, like, two months ago. So, like, they supported that game for a long time. But, yep, interesting stuff. Um, What do we got up next here? We have also got... X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. 
Well, we could talk X Men. X Men ninety seven. Dude, I am so excited for for X Men ninety seven. Um, made me want to download an emulator for Sega and just play X Men. Ah, oh, it's so good, dude. Yeah, it is. It it really is. God. Oh man, I'm I'm so pumped. Uh, when they showed uh, Cyclops jumping on top of uh, Wolverine and um, using his beam <laughs> to enhance the the yeah. claws, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, but the That's coolest correct. thing is That's like they could have just remastered it and pushed it out, but they're like new episodes, and I was like, shit, here we go. Uh, they've really done a good job on that, Mary. They've just this is a new season, and it's still even yes, obviously time passed, but the trailer just looks so good. The animation almost looks like it's just been remastered. Like they haven't done a whole bunch of changes. Yeah. Except I did see one where someone did notice that uh, Rogue. Ass I was gonna fire. mention. I was gonna mention that. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a cardboard now. They've changed that. Well, we know you can it, have it, sexualized it, women in your games or movies. Yeah, we know so, why that is. And Mark Ooh. is very, very sad about that because he likes waifus. Yeah, <laughs> uh, my, I probably probably wasn't gonna watch it anyways. So, uh, what about um? St- now that we're talking about booties, what about Stellar Blade? I don't know if you guys uh, saw, but it's gonna be um, essentially like age labeled for nudity and gore in Korea. I did not I saw see that, that adult. I'm sitting here like the first thing. I'm like yeah. the only thing I've, I've seen stuff get adult only for is like was a straight pornographic game or something like that. It's been a while no. since something has gotten a, a adult. Well, the already. developer said essentially. Developer said like. Um, I was like really focused on making the back of the character um, super detailed. You know, that's where a lot of my development went. And it was funny. Yeah, but it was funny because um, I was like, but that's he's just a weirdo, right? Like he's talking about pixels on the screen. But then he said he's like, if I'm going to be looking at the character from the back, like I want it to be visually pleasing. (laughs) Okay, makes 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 a little more sense. (laughs) So Korea. Korea gets an adult rate. What's their form of the adult rating? What is it? Because they um, they don't I, have the ESRB. I th- yeah, I think they're just gonna basically, if you're not an adult, you can't buy it. Type mm. of deal. So I mean, it's probably not far off what it's gonna be rated, anyways. Because what's the U.S. What's an M rating? It's seventeen compared to an eighteen plus rating. That's yeah, probably negligible from from where it was gonna be, anyways. True. That's in, that's no. interesting that that brings that kind of rating though. It's not like it's anything crazy. Like we've had that in video games for forever. Like it's just. I'm I think curious. it's I think it's too mm. detailed now. <laughs> I think that that's the concern. It's the G- again, GCRB Game Content Rating Board. That's the Korean. Um, but I got no idea how. I'm sure they operate very differently from the the USRB as far as you know how they rate stuff and. What is they it, allow. Is this North Korea or South Korea? <laughs> yeah, man. Best Korea. <laughs> it's just 18 plus. That's what it is. 18 plus. So. Yeah. Um, it says the content of the game has representations of anti-societal idea, religion, and public morals that would be harmful to children under 18 emotionally and physically. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> It's an anti-societal idea. This is literally from is, their website. 
that just means that my pre-order was worthwhile. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, I'm an adult. It doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. I remember uh, getting Grand Theft Auto without them uh, IDing me. San Andreas. Mm. Was, yeah. uh, getting hooked up. That? Yeah, I got what hooked up. 17-year-old that worked at GameStop. <laughs> Something <laughs> I, I don't even remember, but uh yeah so we we got um runescape is officially a billion dollar business um i found this interesting man runescape that takes takes me back for sure Jeez. um it joins the ranks of other mega hit billion dollar live service game franchises but it took over two decades for the mmo to make it happen and i think a lot of that happened with the runescape old school that they introduced um, which is essentially like WoW Classic or or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, I found that interesting. It did take a very long time. A game's been around forever. Um, but it wouldn't be something I would think that would time. become a billion dollar business anyway. To be honest with you, but no, not even close. I always admired Runescape players. Freaking, I mean, he's got to be a lot of. I assume there's some form of in-game store that drives a lot of that profit. Well, I know that people um, make like real-life money from the game somehow. I I don't remember how, but there's some sort of. Oh, it's like there's like other websites where it's like, hey, give me real-world money, then I will go in game and I'll trade this thing to you, type thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. even back in the day, people used to sell accounts. Um, They would they would sell their accounts on eBay people would buy them like you had so much gold or whatever so many runes um uh, people sold their accounts good, there are some good stories about kids learning about how uh scams work in that game oh for yep. sure here just give me this amount of gold and i'll turn it to a million dollars dude and i got, get it and then just leave i was one of those kids that got scammed uh multiple times oh multiple times how do you get scammed more than once oh because i was a kid <laughs> he likes he likes the pain masochist or something <laughs> you seem trustworthy <laughs> i i don't know why i did it. i was a kid we used to uh i had it so we used to go to the public library this is before i had a computer but there was just like a whole group of people that played runescape that would go there and meet up and it was just like essentially like a computer cafe that's that's the way that we used it and we'd all meet up and and play there and somebody that was there did it to me in person oh and wouldn't give me it back and i'm like you know, I don't know, maybe 11 or something, and guys like 15, 16, so I just dealt with it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. But, yeah, that, that's interesting stuff. Uh, good for RuneScape. Good for the the people that still play. Uh, it seems to have a pretty active community still, I, and I'm, I'm shocked. The game looks terrible. <laughs> one of the, one I mean, of the, what does it look like that? It's a 23-year-old game. What do you expect? Uh, it, it's always looked bad, but it, it does not hold up well. 23-year-old game. What do you expect? No. I think that's that the beauty good. of it. I think that's the beauty of it. It's simple, yet it's so complex. Yeah. For the true. record, I only played it a few days. so Yeah, more than me. talk much too much about it. I think I played it like Dang. less than 30 minutes. You saw that there's no waifus in it, and you were like, "Yeah, that's not a game for me." No, I was just a young kid. I'm like, "This is boring." I go back to doing something else. There were a lot of like more engaging games. Now that I think about it, at that time, 
it was like 2006, 2008 when I tried it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, there was so many. This looks awful. <laughs> we just played. It's uh, awful. Let me sp- let me spend years in it. We just play Cartoon Orbit instead. It was uh, more fun. Yeah, virtualized gambling is just funner. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What what do we got next here? What do we got next on the news? We've got. We have. <clears throat> well, I know we have. Uh, I guess I can go ahead and mention it because I know off the top of my head, Fantastic Four. We got a uh, yeah. poster for that. Um, what are your Valentine's Day on? poster? Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Most random way to announce your cast, but okay. And we're getting uh, uh, George. Uh, what's his uh, last name? Guy from. Uh, Last of Us. Mm. It's playing Mr. Patrick Fan- Pascal. Yeah, Patch. That's what. Sorry. Yeah. George. George. <laughs> Vanessa Kirby. George Pascal. Uh, it's a solid cast. Yeah, it, it, like, looks good. I hope. Hopefully, we actually get a good Fantastic Four for once. That's debatable. Uh, it looks like. Oh yeah, I know. It looks like if judging from the poster, it will be said in the nineteen sixties. No, that's been the rumored plot is that they're going to be in the 60s. Something's going to happen and then they're going to be brought to modern day. Some of Miss Fantastic's inventions go nuts and they've been stuck in a time loop or some shit. Multiverse can make a play in that too. But yeah, something with his uh, invention, I'm sure. Yeah, it looks, looks cool. Which I, I think, uh, <clears throat> which Marvel's done great. Doing the period pieces like Captain America, I think a Fantastic Four in the '60s would be so different. Obviously, to the Fantastic Four movies we've got now, I think they'd be really refreshing. Yeah, I even like obviously it was completely different, but like the WandaVision stuff, I thought that was really, really unique. Uh, yeah. Going through the different time yeah, periods. Yeah, that? So, yeah, I mean, we're not getting like what we're getting what one MCU movie this year and we're getting Deadpool three, which we got the Deadpool three trial this week, which yeah, I don't, I'll be skeptical after Deadpool two was kind of a, I felt like the movie was a letdown after the first Deadpool, Deadpool two. We only talk about Deadpool one. (laughs) Yeah. Deadpool two is not, not good, but it, Deadpool three looks, looks good. Um, yeah, I, I've already said I'm, I'm pretty excited for the uh, the original um, Wolverine costume, but yeah, he's not going to wear the the mask for very long at all. No, that'd be very short lived. Him wearing that mask, which you don't hide, disappointment. hide Hugh Jackman's face. Yeah, it, but it, you can. You, you can. It bums you me need out. to just mold it to his face. Could, could, just paint it on. Could you imagine that, like, that's his request? Like, you, you can't keep my face covered for more than 30 seconds. <laughs> I bet but you anything, if he was, if he had, like, a lot of say in that, he would probably want to. He is a very iconic Wolverine, but I feel like if the fans wanted the old Wolverine from the actual cartoons, he would probably do it. I don't think he would be opposed yeah. by it at all. No. Yeah. And that, and that's one of the reasons why he wanted to do this because he saw the opportunity. He's like, okay, we can finally have Deadpool Wolverine, and we can have finally have Wolverine in the iconic yellow suit. Yeah, sure. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about that. That 
that part makes me the most excited, but it the trailer looks good. So um this is off it, off the notes. Sure too much. This this is off the notes, but this is yeah. breaking news. Breaking news <laughs> literally three hours ago. Respawn's Star Wars FPS is reportedly a Mandalorian game, and it sounds like everything I wanted yes. from Titanfall 3 and then more. So um mm. Yeah, it's in development at Titanfall and Apex Legend Studio Respawn. And uh yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I am more excited for this than I can't was Star Wars Outlaws. I'm like uh, yeah, yeah, okay, learning game. Yeah. You guys didn't like that? I I felt like that intro for Outlaws was pretty cool. Oh no, I liked it because there was no Mandalorian game. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, me and Mark talked about it maybe last week, and I, I it looks it looks okay. Uh, Star Wars, still buy it. Star Wars burnout in every aspect. Um, it, it's it's real. It, so much burnout from Star Wars games, comics, movies, TV shows, cartoons, everything. It's just ridiculous. Um, but this well, this could be cool. But if it's a live service game, you kind of. I care a whole lot less. Live service, I'll, t- I'll take a big sh- uh, dookie on it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I look at Hell Divers too. Like it did amazing, and they're planning on yeah. doing a a live service. Well, it's, uh, well, I was gonna say, I saw someone's tweet or someone's meme. It was like Hell Divers Two is what uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two should have been. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars Battlefront 2 was a massive, massive disappointment. And and the thing is, like, those first two games are just so good. So good. I know. Like, how do you do it wrong? Because you're EA. That, that's how you do it wrong. Hmm. EA screws everything oh. up. I like money. So there's a mode, there's a mode in the game called, I think it was uh, Galic, uh, Galactic Conquest. The VR. Everybody likes that mode. VR no, mode. No, it was... Um, oh, okay. No, nah, it was uh, the old games. It was like you, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. picked Rebels or you picked the Empire and you just try and take over the galaxy planet by planet. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a really cool mode that everybody loved. Here, we're going to make the new game. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're doing different things. We're doing paid service and stuff like that. That's what you really want, isn't it? Yeah. You want to give us money to win. Well, that was during yeah. the time of EA's, like, where they were being sued or whatever with the gambling, like all the gambling stuff was going on. That, if you remember, that was like a big thing, and um, it's still going on now. It hasn't really changed. It, it, it didn't change anything, yeah. no. But it was a big thing in the headlines, and like people were really, really fighting it. And that was the game to do it. That, that's what tipped off that whole whole deal. But I did yeah. want to point oh, out. And oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, and the fact it was a bullshit thing that Ray. I think it was right. It was more expensive than you buying Darth Vader. Stupid, so stupid. Uh, just absolutely dumb. I, I will say with this, what what's cool that they mentioned um, is that during the time of the Galactic Empire, the game is said to have a heavy focus on mobility with a jetpack that will let you perform horizontal dashing, vertical jumping, boost sliding, somewhat similar to sliding down hills in Apex Legends, and more. So. Uh, the report emphasizes the fast pace of the game, noting a system where your health regenerates based on successively successively killing enemies. 
The report further suggests that the game will have linear levels, not an open world, set on various Star Wars planets, and is expected to be still a year or two away from release. So that makes sense. Yeah, they they made no they shock. made yeah they they had such success with um, Apex Jedi Survivor. Oh yeah. Well, Apex Apex is I feel like an unwanted Titanfall child that just succeeded because of EA in a sense, because everybody was expecting Titanfall three because Titanfall two and Titanfall one are just such masterpieces with, you know, the movement, the way the game felt, the, the pace of it. Like it was at the time, it was something that you played as an FPS that no other company was doing. But I think with the success they had with the Jedi games, I think, they're going to get more freedom to do things because EA knows that they execute well and, you know, them working on movement, you know, it's, they do such a good job. I have no doubt that it's going to be really fun combat. And even though, even if it's like linear, you know, I'm sure they're going to do. I'm for the, I mean, the open world would be cool too, because I've, I've said multiple times, I really like open world games, but I'm fine with linear too. Um, I will say that the le- the last uh, was the last one Jedi Survivor. I don't know. The game yeah. launched pretty bad. It had a lot of bugs. I know that I had like three crashes and I gave up. I haven't played it since. I know it's gotten patched, but I haven't I haven't touched it again. Which I think they're making a third one of that too. That's also they're making a third one for one too. Well, can you release it polished and ready to go? <laughs> So I'm actually interested in playing. No. You can't do that. The first game did so well. Like, it came out and it was fine. Had a day one patch. Good to go. Played the game. Great game. I'm sure that the other one was was good too, but the the launch of it was horrible. Horrible. Yeah, Survivor didn't have a great start. But overall, I feel like people like it. Yeah. It was a good game. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's cool stuff there. Uh, we've also got um, Baldur's Gate 3 has made $90 million for Hasbro. Uh, do you guys yeah, have- I, I yeah. felt like Yeah, I felt like that's insane. It's a, good, it's a really successful game. Yeah. It's selling well. Yeah, and also there was a statement that the developers released. Basically, Larry and developers said, you know, make fun games and you will make money and it was such a slap in the face to all these studios the last couple of years making you know they've been buying license because for people that don't know larian doesn't own dungeons and dragons right hasbro owns the ip Mm -hmm. um so hasbro sold a license to larian to make Baldur's gate right that's how it works so essentially they pay royalties or whatever they pay percentage of sales so when you think about it, 90 million is just a, probably a small percentage. I mean, we can say what, like, let's say 10%, you know, mm-hmm. if even that, I mean, who knows what kind of deal they got, but it just goes to show that if you, they've risked a lot, Larian risked a lot with this game, but still, like, if you know, and if you put passion behind a project, people will see that, which, I mean, it kills me that so many of these AAA studios, like, push out garbage and yep. then they wonder oh oh why are players mad you know like i mean if you paid attention to your game and how it was developed maybe you would know <laughs> i mean but see for me like Baldur's gate one and two are such classic games um i have like a core memory of 
the only game I ever played completely through with my dad was Baldur's Gate 1 on the GameCube. And uh, I just, I love those games. Um, I think it was one that got remastered for the Switch. I never picked up the remaster. I, I should, but uh, the games are just so good. Like, just all three games are great. Have you guys played 1 and 2? No, I haven't. They're, they're so I haven't going either. back to. They're, they're so Yeah, weird. but I'm, I'm planning on it. Um, yeah, 3 was my intro, which is not good, but... Um, the, the game is good. The intro to the whole Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> is not good. I probably could have jumped on that earlier, but I never really had, you know, my group of friends never really played tabletops. But I feel like it's such a immersive game and such a beautiful universe. They crafted it, you know. It's got to yeah. give them props. And making that much money for Hasbro is just probably going to solidify their their relationship, partnership, whatever you want to call it. And... I'm sure that Larry, and especially now with the amount of money they made, they're pro- they're probably set for like three more games easily. Not necessarily Baldur's Gate, but you know they can make spinoffs. They can make different types of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons games, all the way back to like the Commodore 64, at the, the Atari 2600, even. Um, but I did want to mention though, because this this actually popped on my radar because I'm a big Transformers guy, so I, I follow a lot of toy stuff. Um, but I want to mention in the article that you uh, linked here that uh, Hasbro did lay off 6,500 workers last year. So I find that interesting, bringing in all this revenue, but laying off all these people. So, you know, maximizing those profits. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that one. Oh, did- it's funny. <clears throat> Go ahead. I, I was just going to say in terms of layoffs, but it reminded me of an article I just read before we started. Um, that I don't know if anybody follows Payday, but Payday 2 was such a massive game. Um, And now Payday 3 released with online, always online BS. And now the CEO said that they're rolling back because, you know, they're going to give you offline mode because the sales haven't been like, you know, as expected. And it's just funny because I saw a comment that said, like, CEOs are the ones who need to be laid off for these mistakes. Like, it shouldn't be the regular, like, low-level dev that loses a job because, you know, you made a stupid management decision. And I feel like it happens a lot, especially in the last... I mean, this year has been terrible already for Mm. for layoffs. Like, it's been terrible for the gaming industry. The worst. The worst year we've ever had. Yeah. And and you brought that up, so I heard this morning, because I was following that too. Um, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, I I heard that uh, there were... Like 150,000 active players on Payday 2 and 500 active players on Payday 3. <laughs> God damn. I mean, you got a statement well, on, on a bad game. You got to think, though, like that's got 10 years of content and work put into it. And then you got this trash game that launched with nothing. It launched, I, I played it at launch. There, were, there was no content. Like, it's like they rolled back from, from Payday 2. Like, they just rolled everything back that that game offered. And then said, hey, we're going to sell it all to you here, here, and here. Everything you got in the last game. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to mildly, it's just, I feel like the game looked like it was like mildly upscaled. It doesn't even look good. Like it doesn't look like uh, a next gen game or like a massive improvement upon Payday 2. So uh, that's great. It's crazy. (laughs) People are crazy. Companies think that we, we want this garbage and then they wonder, you know why people aren't playing it it's like because it sucks but uh 
Yeah. So we also got Dead Island Riptide uh, free ahead of De- Dead Island 2 Steam release dates. Um, mm. Curry, well, you probably know a little more about this with uh, being the Steam guy and stuff. Have you played? Yeah. Riptide? So if you guys are on, um, I have not. Um, but I'm always I'm a cheap bastard, and when I see a free video game, I just always blast it to my community. I'm like, oh, go grab it; it's free. You know, it can't hurt. It's not gonna ruin your Steam library or anything like that. Uh, but I think it's cool. Um, I've heard very mixed things about Riptide, though, because um, I was gonna play it last year, and then you know, Elden Ring, Baldur's Gate, like all these things came out. I was like, ah, eh, it's, it's gonna have to wait. But yeah, if you guys are interested, um, if you're on PC. Go grab it; it's free. Um, I like so, it. I yeah, I've heard it's it has a lot of content, um, and this is like mm. definitive edition, so I've, I believe it has like um, all the, the DLC. DLCs. Yeah, yeah. So it has every, which is a nice little way of them, to, you know, g- getting people to get familiar with a franchise and whatever. So yeah, right. it's pretty cool. little gift. I I really yeah. like Dead Island One and Riptide, but I have had. Um, absolutely zero interest in playing two everything i've seen on it just does not look interesting it it does not um give me the vibes of the first two games just does not it doesn't look good to me at all like i have absolutely zero interest in playing it it'd have to be free for me to to check it out so i don't know i've heard all mixed things on it too yeah And, and is is it like this with you guys do you guys ever look at the cover of a game and you're like, I'm not playing it because of that cover? <laughs> do you ever do that? That looks that's yeah. a terrible looking cover. That's how I feel 100%. about Dead Island 2. Are that cover is horrible. Cover? I, yes. I I am. I am. <laughs> that cover looks horrible. Like it, <laughs> it's a guy I think it's a guy laying on like a beach chair or something, or, or in a, like a Hawaiian shirt or yeah. something. It just does yeah, not yeah. scream Dead Island 2. Um and the game's been in development for like 10, 12 years or something. Ooh, yeah, so it's been in, since Riptide. Like we knew that it was in development when Riptide came out. So it's uh it's been in development for a very long time. Uh so that was one of those games where people high expectations just didn't deliver. It, if you're in development for 10 years, it's it, it's never going to deliver. You know what I mean? If if it it got I think rebooted and then it just kept getting delayed and like mm-hmm. that's never a good sign. So yeah, I think that the big problem with that one was that it was from what I remember like a year ago when I was reading some articles about it is it basically was done with development and then I think some management changed or something and then the whole narrative like they scrapped the whole thing mm-hmm. and then they just like did did their own thing which you know it, it's funny because like one one of the members of my community he was he commented on one of my posts he's like oh i'm loving dead island too it's like the best gore i've ever seen in a video game and i watched some streamers play it but it just looked looked fun for like a, an afternoon game it didn't look like something mm-hmm. i would stick out with for you know multiple days which is pretty yeah. sad yeah it just does not look good to me which is unfortunate but definitely grab that i'll grab that uh for Steam myself too. I really enjoyed that game. I never played any of the DLC for it either, so that's a that's a good mention there for sure. Um, we've also got 
Uh, Miles Morales um, is expanding. What what do we got here? So My- Miles Morales expands as a live act live action adaptation is on the horizon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, which was which is no brainer. The games, the anime movie, it's no brainer. It's just how it's going to fit in the MCU. Sony's not going to touch it because Sony can't do jack shit. As proved with Madame Web at the moment. Madame Web looks so good. Oh, just, just <laughs> it'd be uh, how many? Yeah, if you Marvel or turd. DC movies are just garbage when they come out. Oh, that's a Sony exclusive thing at this point. Yeah, uh, as soon as you see Sony, you're already sigh. Did, let me ask you, Lee. Did did you like Venom one or two at all? Were you were you a fan? Of I, I thought Venom one was good. I thought Venom Two was a bit shit. Yeah, like, that's it how just I seemed felt. So, like, so much was left on the cutting room floor. It's like they were trying to do. It felt like Spider Man Three, like the Tobey Maguire Spider, like where they wanted to go a bunch of different directions, and like that movie. Don't you, don't you talk bad about that movie? That's the best Spider Man movie ever made. Spider Man, <laughs> goddamn right, is still better than Amazing Spider Man Two. Yeah, that's that's a pile of crap. Oh my god, Electro in that movie is just what were they thinking with Jamie Fox? Like it's a poor casting. And he was so good in no. He was so good in No Way Home. That's what's so funny. <sighs> Gosh, I don't know, man. But yeah, Spider Man Three. They they were just like trying to go in twenty different directions. It had too many villains. There was just it was yeah, too much I going on it- with it. I think Sam Raimi has gone on record, the director, has gone say that it was Sony pushing, saying, we need to have Sandman, we need to have Venom, we need to have this person, we need to cover this. Because, well, at the time, they were going to make Spider-Man 4, which never came to pass. To be fair, there's parts in the movie where you're like, the, the direction for Toby was like, Act like you watched a dark, gritty anime with the character who just does whatever, and then act like that because you're going to look like a total douche. Hey, that dance scene. That's so bad. We've still got that meme now. We still have that meme. Oh, my God. Yeah, interesting stuff. I I, I mean, I I expected this, you know. I expected that. Miles Morales is a very popular character now, and... uh I mean, I I think a the, good character. So, yeah, I think the rumor is Spider-Man Four. He will be introduced with Tom Holland, and it might take some elements from Spider-Man Two, of them, like a buddy cop movie, but with them both. A buddy cop. <laughs> well, sorry, a buddy Spider-Man movie. But that, that, that still doesn't make it sound any better. <laughs> Hey, buddy cop movies are good. Uh, what's it going to be like yeah. Red again or something? <laughs> red. It'd be, you know, it'd be very uh, red and black. Yeah, yeah, we'll be red and black. Always good, right? Always good. Yeah. What do we got yeah. next here? Uh, Kurgle, what, what do we have next on the notes? Anybody? Got uh, trying to work on one screen here. No, I mean, the, I, I, there was something. I think it... It came out yesterday that the uh, the new art for uh, Laura Croft kind of had that that unified look. So the new design mm. of Laura Croft, but with like the old outfit, they're kind of yep. like merging a bunch of like of the timelines together. Didn't know if you had any thoughts or if you saw that or not. 
I did. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I liked. So I like all of uh the Tomb Raider series. There, there's been some weird ones where there were like spinoffs that like probably you guys have never even heard of. Like there's a game called Laura Croft something that was like a Temple? 360. Yeah, maybe. But there was one that was like a 360 arcade exclusive and like yeah, there's some weird spinoffs. There's some weird uh, spinoffs. Yeah. So other than yeah, that, I'm like, thinking of the. Guardian of Light. That's that's one too. Yeah, that's one too. But most of them, I've thoroughly enjoyed. There like, like a, there's like a Disney Plus. Sorry, Disney direct to DVD sequel. It does, yeah. Like, the, and if you look at the covers of those too, like look up the Laura Croft games. If you look at the covers of some of those, they look terrible. And and one of them is like the one I'm I'm talking about. That I think it's I think it's a 360 arcade game. But um, it's like an uh, overhead puzzle game. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I mean, Tomb Raider games are puzzle games at the end of the day, but it's like an overhead, like legitimate puzzle game. And it's just like not interesting. But this this looks really cool. Um, I pulled it up to reference it again, but I, I think it looks great. Yeah, they're mashing up the two. I loved the last trilogy. I it, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the, their games were good. Even the third one, I thought Shadow. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't the yeah. best, but I didn't think good. it was that bad of a game. I thought the criticism was too much because I I didn't have any issues when I played it. But I mean, obviously, we don't know. We know they're working on another game, but I guess we have no idea anything past. Here's an artwork. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which I guess, is like, good news to to know that something you know they're work. working on it. I guess. Yeah, and I, I'm excited for the um. The, the remaster collection. I got to grab that because that came out like two days ago or something, two, three days ago, uh, yeah, which did. looks really good, too, because you can switch from the original style to the new and you can do the tank controls if you want to, or you can do new modern controls. And those games are those games are great. I mean, like the problem with those games going back to them was the tank controls. Like for the time we didn't we didn't know any better. We were working with. You know, uh, the PS1 controller, the original one was just a D-pad. So we didn't know. um, But going back to him, it was rough. But this collection gives you the option of both. And uh, I think it's cool because they legitimately are very good games. Um, So I this that's one I'm for sure grabbing. And uh, that'll, you know, lead me up, I guess, to to this coming out. But I didn't know that Valentine's Day is uh, Laura's birthday. (laughs) You guys know that? Oh, oh there we go. I didn't. Little Easter. Yeah. Cool. That's cool stuff. Well, but yeah, right. looks really good. Uh, cool mashup of of like the two um, the two mm-hmm. series, and uh, it, it's yeah, it's uh, the first game we've gotten since 2018, or you haven't gotten it yet, but the first the last game came out in 2018. Is what I should say. So hasn't got a release date, has it? The new one hasn't got a release date. Mm, not that I see now. Nope, yeah. just so it's in development. And then we got this little teaser photo. But I think her design looks really good. What are you guys saying? Mm. Yeah, uh, it seems a bit of a mashup from the original and the reboot together. Yeah, no, it looks really good. I like it. I, I will I will point out one thing, though. They, di- they did mess up one thing here from the original games. Does anybody know what it is? Oh, uh, because her boobs aren't trying? Because <laughs> there's no polygons? <laughs> yeah yeah the best part about it the best hey when i was a kid though legit that that was the truth those those polygons were 
were everything as a kid. I, t- I mean, yeah, obviously, weird, brother. Like, I don't know why, but I really like this character model. <laughs> but what's cool about I'm um, jokes aside, what's cool about a remaster is there was a a fan, like a modder, that was working on on basically like on that for years, and then he got hired yes. from what I've gathered. Um, and he was like one of the main people that worked on it. So that's pretty cool. Amazing. You know, it's not, it's not just, yeah, it's not just, and you know, I wonder if, if they didn't really plan on it, but then they saw how much traction that guy got that worked on it. And then they were like, you know what? Let's just like, let's, let's hire him. Let's, you know, make a shitload of money on this. And it worked out. So yeah, that, that, you want a job. I, I saw that today and um yeah that I knew about that project a long time ago because he's been doing it for like I don't know like ten years or something. It was called Open yeah, Lore. Yeah, for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he even br- he brought Tomb Raider to the Game Boy Advance, the first game. Like he brought that game to the Game Boy Advance. Ins- insane that you can make that work on that hardware. So. If you have an EverDrive, or I mean, you can emulate it. You you can play it on the OpenLore website. But um, I, I played it on on the GBA, and it's super interesting. It's it's just a demo. You played through like the first part of it, but like you get the concept of like what he was doing. It's I I love when people make like a downscaled version or like put a game on a platform that like shouldn't be able to run it. I, I made a post and people people uh loved it and I know Kirk will talk crap on it the other day but I, I did a post on uh The Witcher for uh Switch and, and people people loved it. They were like, yeah it's like for the Switch this runs really well. Like this this looks pretty good for the Switch and I will agree with them. I think for the Switch it's one of those impossible ports thing. Uh and it it works like it does. It's by no means the best version of the game at all, but especially on it works, OLED. But at what cost? Oh. Well, if you <laughs> if you just have a switch, or if you want to play it portable, I mean that's like a perfect portable game to me because it's so long. Um, it uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was interesting. Uh, if you're not if you're not playing on your ten thousand dollar PC, you're just not you're not doing it right. I mean, Sorry. really, yeah. with at least three hundred mods that just make the game look so much better. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing? Eh, whatever. How do you not have thousands of dollars to throw at your hobby? Are you really not a gamer at that point? Like, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. All right, Mister Mark, that just upgraded his PC. I don't even want to hear it. It's not even that. Not even that top end. <laughs> it's not. Well, hey, you got you, a forty eight. You can get a forty ninety now. They drop the price. It's I know. The MSRP is now eighteen ninety nine. <laughs> or you, you can get the, oh, the super yeah, right. series. It was the super series. There you go. Ugh. Four thousand super video. series. That costs more than my like. That costs about the price of my whole PC. Well, what's weird about that super series is I don't. I don't even have a desktop, but I still try to follow and keep up with the PC stuff because I want. I, I want to get in the market of it and. uh the Super Series is cheaper and better than like the original releases, which are only like what a year old. Yeah, yeah. That, but th- this is the same game. You know, the way you have like the console wars, you have the AMD and Nvidia wars, and that's all it is. Like they released Super, they dropped the price because the original pl- price for the forty series was already ridiculous, so yeah. they were already making a shitload of money. And then AMD came out with their cards, and then Nvidia said, "Well, look, we're gonna slash the price, right? 
we're still making a shitload of money on you people and you're still going to eat it up. And that's, that, that's, what's going to keep happening until, you know, people decide it's like, can we yeah. not like, Jesus. I mean, good luck getting your hands on a, on a super right now though. Well, yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing The when the 40 they're like series, sold came, out. they're sold Almost out, everywhere. they're being scouts. And, and the same thing happened when the 40 series launched, like you say the price is high, but people are paying it. And then, People are paying the scalped prices for it. Like I saw them going for like twenty four hundred dollars, and people are paying it. These are sold listings at the time. God damn! For a I mean, graphics only, card, scalping only works because people want to pay the the extra premium price. Yeah, yep. I mean, it got overlooked, mm. but when the PS five and Series X stuff was going on, the same thing was happening with graphics cards. Oh, yeah. Same thing was happening. I mean, it was they were being scalped, they were being bought up, bots were buying them, people were buying them. To in be lots. fair, especially back then, uh, crypto mining was still a big thing, which was one of the big reasons why it was really yeah. hard to find them because you have these big companies that would just buy them all up. Yeah, sure. and then you could buy a used one, but if you bought a used one that was used for a mining rig, it's probably not going to last very long. Yeah. yeah, they're always running. So, yeah, but that that is a good point that that was happening. I I know an idiot locally that was was doing that. <laughs> Made like absolutely nothing from it. <laughs> he spent like thousands of dollars, thousands on a rig uh, for just for that. So yeah, it takes a while to get your money back if you're not doing it big or if you got into it too late. Well, if you're just doing it with one, uh, just you have just one rig, you're not even going to make. You're going to lose money long yeah. term. Yeah, stupid. Ooh, yeah. stupid. I mean, just on the the electrical cost alone, you're probably not making making that money back. <laughs> No, he he told him I forget the amount, no. but he hardly made any money. And also, crypto is stupid. So we'll go ahead and move on to uh, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Rebirth spoilers have emerged, so uh, they're already out there. Um, we did get confirmation that next week we are getting a second demo that uh, essentially gives a second part of the demo we got last week, uh, which I think is really cool. I'm going to check that out again so I can talk about it here. But yeah, that, the spoilers are are everywhere for the game, and if it's you're going playing TikTok alone, well, you saw them on TikTok. I saw it briefly. I was like, oh uh, well. Yeah, I want, I'm going to tread real carefully because I I know that this game, when they were talking about, there, there's some major major twists coming in, in this game, um, that are completely different than um the standard Final Fantasy VII. Like they're going in a Hey, the first one already did like go on a different you know path, which I like. If it's you know an, it's a new take on the game, so give me a new game. Uh, that's how I feel. I'm you know traditionalists or whatever you want to call them, purists. Don't feel that way, but uh, yeah, they're going on a, a a crazy different journey with this game. And uh, spoilers are everywhere. Screenshots, clips, and descriptions of leaked materials. So. I have already came across stuff that I've had to quickly scroll past. So if you are wanting to play this game, anyone out there, be careful. Um, they are everywhere. But yeah, that demo is going to be pretty cool. Um, it continues where the last demo left off and all your save transfers over to the, the game. So good stuff. Good. Is anybody here playing it? Nah, nah. I've never been a Final nah. Fantasy guy. Um, You're alone in this one, brother. Sorry about that. <laughs> well, that's the end of the show. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I'm out. 
Well, then, I didn't know that none of you were Final Fantasy fans. So, dang. Yeah. Dang. Never. It's a rough never really conversation got just died on impact. Yeah, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I thought we were all friends. There's also spoilers on TikTok, though. Yeah, well, good thing I don't scroll TikTok that often. Spoiler alert, the heroes win. I actually don't think that's the case. I think it's going to be the opposite. I think they are going in a completely different direction with the game. They're spoiling it. I'm spoiling a 20-year-old game. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't played it. You can't tell me. (laughs) Guys, it's, it's different, guys. It's not the same game. Gosh. Uh, There's so actually the, 10 billion more pixels on screen now than there was 20 years ago, actually. <laughs> uh, we also got uh, Microsoft is adding DLSS uh, style game upscaling tech to Windows 11. Um, Kurgle, this is this would be something up your alley more so. Um, but it is a AI upscaling feature for Windows 11. Do you know anything about this? I heard about it. I think it's is getting to be. I think we're like not years ahead, but I feel like we're solid two to three years before people actually utilize the LSS as the way that it's intended. Because right now it gives you a boost in FPS, everything. It just looks smudgy. Like you can you can tell when something's native, when something's the LSS. Especially like for console gamers, it's not so much of a difference because you are you're. You know, even if you're playing on a big ass TV, it it is still kind of far away enough to where you don't see that detail. But if you're on a computer monitor, it's 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 just so easy to see. So I'm not necessarily excited about it or anything, to be honest, because I feel like that technology still needs to mature. So we'll see. I mean, it it might be great, um, but also on the other hand, I haven't heard super great things about. Windows 11 either. Like some people really like it, some people are miserable with it. So it's like eh. I want to move back to Windows 10. I just can't remember how I did it before. I hate Windows 11. I hate yeah, it. I really. Yeah, I just I never really. I got to figure out how to revert back. I know I'll freaking lose everything. I have to back stuff up. But I I hate Windows 11 uh, personally. But yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. Uh, it's it's interesting. We we know we got that like information not that long ago about the GPU stuff. Um, do you think this has any uh, correlation with that, or does this have anything to, to do with that? When we talked about the... Uh, I mean, what exactly are we talking about referencing? Uh, we were talking... I'm trying to remember with the, the GPUs using... I, I can't remember. So we talked something about GPUs doing uh, some sort of Is new there- thing. Hmm, I'm not... Oh, maybe you're talking about FSR. I'm not sure, but... Regardless, I think the whole technology is still in like it's not development phase. Like I think it's early adopters phase because it definitely needs a little more time. I don't know. A lot of people disagree with me on this, and I understand why. But at the same time, it's just why are you getting why are you settling for so little? You know, and that's and that's why you know Nvidia can release a super series when they're there's really no need to. There's like a 4% gain that you can get from it. And it's, it sucks. I'm, I'm being a negative Nancy, but I just hate that consumers get to be robbed blind, right? Like Mark was joking when he said 1899, 
like saying that it's cheap, which when you think about it, back in the day, you could build, I mean, a space station with that money of a computer back in the day. You could, yeah. And now, and now you need, you know, $1,800 for a top-tier GPU, and they're just sad. Like, it used to be like $500. You can have an amazing GPU you can do anything with. Yep. And now it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I was the, into I mean, PC gaming at that time when it was, you know, yeah, you could afford it. And that's the thing. Like, it, they, they phased me out years ago with, with the prices. I, wanted, I didn't want to say, to be fair, like, outside of, like, the top, top end stuff, you can get mid-level good or, or upper mid-level stuff at a much more reasonable price. If you don't buy it like right at launch, yeah, but like, you're still looking at six, five, six hundred dollars yeah. for yeah, but, for, but you're for, still a, gonna, for a decent GPU. But you're still gonna be able to run like if you're looking at it for just gaming, like essentially you can run top level graphics on most games at that point. You're not really missing that much performance out of the the super yeah. high end stuff because there's other markets that have also opened up that help drive up those those prices. Yeah, outside yeah. of gaming, uh, and like yeah. yeah, Mark, you've got a point too. Like you. You don't have to have the super high end stuff to to play games now. Like a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, I don't know all the the names of of some of the graphics cards, but I know that somebody has like an eight year old graphics card and and can run like pretty much most of the the new games. A buddy I was talking yeah, to, yeah, I, what it I is. mean, <clears throat> and they're fine. It's... Like they look good and they run good. And I mean, I've yeah. got a forty eighty and it does everything just fine, and it was half the price of the forty ninety. I mean, See, it's still crazy. One, like, but that's you're still in like five percent of people that actually have that GPU. You know? Yeah. I, I always, I, I always I think about under it. a grand. So, oh no, I which is still that. expensive, but I mean, it's yeah. not two thousand dollars for like the the very yeah. top end. Yeah, that's not true. ridiculous. A thousand dollars more for a very minor upgrade. Like the performance. That's how I see it. Yeah, the performance. Well, also, people don't understand that you're not buying those graphics cards to to game on them you're buying them to do 3d modeling you're buying them to do yeah you know some some type of work usually yeah. this is a, i think that helps pump up the prices it's just a bigger market and why would nvidia not take advantage of a bigger market more businesses that need these graphics cards and you know make a big make a bigger profit off of it yeah but i mean we kind of talked about it. i think that's where the super series for some of these graphics cards comes in it's more of the average consumer realizing you know we, we want to continue to to make as much money we need a, a more affordable line for for the average person who's not doesn't need this top end stuff to do whatever they're going to you know do with it but but they're more yeah. powerful <laughs> that's the thing the super series is more powerful but number so. go up but number go up Just, why not take the, the, i would argue at times you're you're, down. the boost your cpu is so minor your CPU's more important at times than than your gpu agreed because I mean, if you if you you can get a top end GPU, but if your CPU is crap, you're gonna bottleneck there. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of nuance to PC gaming in yeah. general. But uh, my point is, it just sucks that because I always think about it not from a US consumer side. I think about it from about third world countries where you know you got to work for three months to just buy a graphics card. That that shouldn't be the case. I think I, it's ridiculous. I got work for more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's, it's I, I can't crazy. afford it. I can't yeah, afford I'm pretty sure it. it's a, a affordable. Yeah. Just just go to the Philippines, buy one there. You probably buy it for like <laughs> yeah. a fraction of the price. Yeah, and uh, then come back. Yeah. Let's go fly halfway across the world. 
Yeah. Spend two thousand dollars on a round trip. Yeah, exactly. not a big deal. <laughs> exactly. Well, we have yeah. also got two things in the Diablo Four news because we have one that we had in the notes, <laughs> but something we also did not mention <laughs> during the Xbox podcast is that Diablo Four is coming to Game Pass. So, no surprise there. No surprise there. Uh, but also, Diablo Four's latest microtransaction backlash is over portal reskins that cost the same as Power World. Um, and then on top of that, you have a mount that's bound by $65 worth of currency. Um, it's just disgusting. Like, I always think that Blizzard can't go any lower, and they're just sinking lately. Like, it's it's more expensive than a lot of brand new games just coming out, or it's like the price of a brand new game. Yeah, it's that's it's ridiculous. Crazy. Well, yeah, well, I, yeah, we're talking about this, but you know, it's even worse. Um, Foam Stars launched. Last week, we actually didn't talk about it, and it was one I was going to play to check out. So I did check it out because it's free on PS Plus. God awful, awful game. Horrible. <laughs> it's supposed to be the competitor to Splatoon. Splatoons. Well, it's Splatoons and something else, wasn't it? It's like a combination. It's not straight up just Splatoons. It's straight up trying to be Splatoon. Like, uh, there's no getting around. Like, with with the foam and bubbles, essentially. Like, so, yeah. So what you're telling is this free game I got on PlayStation Plus is just worthless. Well, it's free this month. <laughs> it's free. Well, this I got month. it. It's free. I can play whenever I want. But yeah, well, and the thing is, it's a live service game. Here's here's the problem. So we'll we'll get back to the Diablo Four, but I just wanted to mention that there were packs on that game that were like fifty bucks, and it's just skins. Meanwhile, Splatoon, like all the content, all you can customize your character. To no end in those games. There's expansions that happen that are big story expansions. Like Splatoon 2, you had... um, uh, What was that? There was a massive expansion for it. It was like 20 bucks. Like, big story expansion. That's fair. You're getting an actual new game. Foam Stars had like $50 packs for for freaking skins. (laughs) Skins for your character for a god-awful... Foam Stars was so bad. That I could not even see what was happening on the screen. There was so much. And I'm not the only one to say this. I played it with a friend. Nobody knew. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Played four matches. Done. I got that off my, my PS5 quick. It was bad. You could not tell at all what was happening in the game. It's like it had no objective. Um, literally the whole screen gets filled. You just can't see anything. It's so bad. And, and like this is this is bad. This is egregious. But... Like that's egregious too to me, like fifty dollars for a skin pack, and eh, this is pretty bad too. So that's ridiculous. Like poor people, am I right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I just don't understand. No, no, so I, I agree. This dark pathways pack. This is just like skins and stuff, right? Like this for Diablo Four. Like it, yeah, it's basically, like, yeah. essentially, it's um, it's portals, right? So you can literally just when you open a portal, it looks different. Uh, okay, cool, gotcha. And then the mount actually costs sixty five dollars, but it has like a lot of premium currency attached to it, and then you get the this the skin, right? So some people are saying, well, look, it's not bad. You get like fifty dollars worth of premium currency. The point is, like, when does it stop? 
it, it doesn't. It literally, that's the it, problem. Th- th- that it, I don't know. It yeah. just blows my mind that it. That's the fact. They like, obviously do not want this game to succeed because it's already gotten major backlash and has problems, and people don't like it. They they, they Baldur's Gate. Nope. Baldur's Gate came out. They're like, up, oh, done, done with Diablo Four. Like over it. Yeah, um, it's crazy. It's already having problems, and like they want, they obviously want to support this long term. Like they supported Diablo Two forever, um, and Diablo Three forever. Um, so this is like a long term game. They are not making the right moves to make this a long term game. That that's for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah, that, it's yeah. That's a cost of a brand new game. Like you, that's what I mean. It's saying power was was that price. I'm like, you have way more content there. Um, that's crazy. Uh, it's just yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, what is what is wrong with these developers that they think that people they're want not this developers. Crap? They're they're yeah. not developers anymore. They're businesses. That's that's a big part of it. Or maybe there's a real conspiracy. They did this on purpose so they get backlash. So when they make it the price they want it to be, which is like thirty dollars, everyone will back off. Even though that's still ridiculous for a for a skin and amount. I'm over yeah, it, man. I, I'm I'm over it. Over this stuff. And, and and people this this is one of many reasons why I'm I'm such a big Nintendo fan, because when I buy the game, I know I'm getting the game. You know what I mean? And I know I'm getting a game that's ready to go and that's that like there there's few examples of like switch games that have launched like i would say like oh, the mario wow. strikers launched with like minimal content right they added stuff later but for the most part you buy super mario odyssey you buy breath of the wild you buy splatoon 1 2 or 3 you're getting the game it's polished it's ready to go nothing else mm-hmm. is needed you can just jump in and play and th- that is why one of the many reasons I love Nintendo. Um, this is the whole thing, really. Like this is the whole thing, right in my hands. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah, it's isn't isn't it crazy to think that you know you can get a full video game and you, you're surprised that it's complete. I mean, granted, you also got to think about yeah. I mean, you also got to think about you know the budgets these studios have, the competition they have, the the sheer size of some of these video games. Like a lot of people don't understand what goes into QAing a freaking video game. Like it's the most complex form of development, software development, you know, well, there's the, so many choices and things and it's just crazy. Well, these QAs suck. That's all I'm saying. These <laughs> QAs suck. <laughs> you know, because to be they, fair, they need to replace all the QAs in the gaming industry because they suck. I'll, I'll, I'll say this because I have looked into it a little bit before. A lot of times, some of these bugs are brought up at QA testing, and they're just ignored. Yeah, 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 yeah. They there's, are. I mean, so it's, I work in software development, so I can tell you that there's, I mean, hundreds of issues that clients report, and we're like, okay, this is not super important, like, because you just don't have the resources to fix it, right? There's more important things. So, except for the games, where it's like, oh, this is a game-breaking bug, and yeah. we don't care. Well, I, but that's the thing. Like, uh, some of them. Problem. Well, some of them you can, like you can figure it out and everything, but some of them you just, you just sometimes you don't have the resources to get to it. And but these large the AAA gaming studios have the resources; they just don't care. That's where the if it's like an indie studio, I'm like all right, I get it, but you have all these hundreds of employees and working on this game, and indie studios are doing it better right now it. too. That's that's the thing. Indie studios, I mean, there are 
one man teams, <laughs> not yep. even teams. They're you know one person developing the game. Super Meat Boy is a, a you know a prime example there. That 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 was one person, and like it's a polished, yeah. legit game. And like Dave the Diver, um, well, I guess technically not really an indie game because backed by a billion dollar studio but like there's a lot of indie games that come out that are very polished very fun games sea of stars i don't know if any of you guys have played that rpg yet but that is a 10 out of 10 game i recommend it to everyone if even if you're not an rpg fan fantastic story gameplay is just amazing and it's an indie game it's just phenomenal like one game of the year awards as it should um this is no, I didn't want to derail, no, but uh, it was kind of like a side where we were talking about. Have any of you ever watched guys? I, I don't know if his streaming name's the same, but I know on YouTube he goes as Pirate Software. Any of you ever seen him before? Mm-mm. Yeah. I know he's because he used to work at. Uh, uh, I keep saying Bungie, that's not the right word. Uh, uh, the developer for WoW. I'm blanking on the name. Blizzard? Blizzard? Yeah, he used to work for Blizzard. And he's working on, he, he does some interesting stuff. I mainly catch his shorts, but on his dreams, he talks about stuff when it deals with like, you know, developing games, with, at, especially at like a big or a small indie level. And you just hear some of the stuff that goes on at, at big companies. You're just like, oh, they just don't care. Like they yeah. know these things exist and it's just, oh yeah, we, we, it's not a problem. Like they do, have no care in the world about the consumer and what they want. Nope. Um, but that's why you have business analysts and, you know, uh, budget managers, um, mm. hyper uh, hyper aware coordinator of human resources, like all these bogus titles instead of just like, just have a freaking, just have a studio work on a game. Like, can yeah. we not just make it super crazy? But I mean, I, I, I think it shows in the indie studios because you have people making successful games because there's, you know, a want and a passion there compared to AAA with soulless. And it, it's starting to show where people just in a, in a larger sense, starting to just say no to a lot of these AAA games and moving to the indie side, because, you know, it's just a funner game might not be as polished or as big, but it's a more enjoyable experience. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Also side note, Kegel, congratulations on 15, 15 K. Yeah. Oh, 15k! I wish I had 15 1500. <laughs> he, he, he's about to hit it, right? You're about to hit it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So anybody watching and watches later, go subscribe to Kurgle's channel, please. Let's get him to 1500 subscribers. That's awesome, dude. We're Freaking killing way. it. Thank <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> Thanks. I can't do it because when I scroll over to the screen, everything pops up for everybody. So <laughs> I would like to be able to use the soundboard. I added a bunch in there a few weeks ago, a bunch of cool stuff. And I can't oh, wait. I we can't more stuff. Oh, oh yeah. I added in a bunch of stuff. I want to add oh, in uh, something so from everybody's close. everybody's voice and, and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, we got to record some funny, funny voice. We, we should. We should. Well, yeah, we got to be able to use this. I can't do it while I'm uh, doing the back end, but everybody else can. So, yeah, oh, that's going to go so crazy. Close, man. Like, ha- like, are you off like what, five or six? Um, Let me tell you exactly. I think I am. We're six away. Heck yeah. Six away. All right, everybody, go there. give Kurgle a subscribe on his YouTube channel. Awesome, dude. You also just recently uh, hit 6K on Facebook, too. So congrats there as yeah. well. 
Oh, yeah, killing it, killing it. It's it's been a journey, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, Man, going fa- right. Facebook, Facebook, yeah, Facebook drives me nuts. Drives, yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. You don't do <laughs> what they want you to do, and you, it, that's it. You do what they want you to do. So we'll leave that there. That's and that also actually circles back into the story of why these studios that are big are hitting so many roadblocks, put, putting out such crappy products. Like they have so many granular like things in the system. By the time it goes through, you know, a simple code review, it takes like weeks, right? While the indie studios, like the guy can just sit there, make his game. He has no, you know, five, six, seven people above him. They're going to derail him or tell him like, oh, we can't do this or we can't do that because, you know, we need to watch for, for you know, PR. We need to watch for um, copyright infringement. Like there's all these different things they got to worry about. So unfortunately, the, the AAA games take long and they suck and, you know, hopefully changes soon. Yep. Yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. So uh what what do we got next on the the news docket while I'm trying to work on back end stuff here real quick? Um I think uh it's it, it, we should mention that PlayStation actually said that they're going to be bringing more uh more of their, you know, first party titles um to PC. And I think they had so much success. I mean, we talk about like Helldivers 2 last week. Like they did so well with that that I think it just kind of solidified their approach of like if we're releasing a game on PlayStation, we're gonna release it on PC. And I think there's this big shift and a lot more people have been getting into PC gaming. And what are you guys' thoughts about that? Because I feel like for the longest time, like the average gamer, and I still feel like it's probably the case. Um you just get a console and you just play video games and that's it, right? Like there's no need to, to complicate it, to make it super difficult or anything like that. Um, but I feel like lately it's just been a lot, a lot more people getting into PC gaming. Yeah. I'm guessing I mean, also yeah. that I was just, I say, yeah. And I think, um, probably steam deck also made that's it more true. accessible again. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. And push it further. Yeah. I didn't even think about that one. That's for sure a big one of the big reasons. But yeah, it's been just crazy how many more people have been getting into PC gaming. Yeah. I think I it's agree. getting more popular, but some of these studios also realize like, oh, we can make a lot more money if we put this on PC. There's a big market that we're just kind of ignoring if we just restrict it to our console. So why not after a year or two release it on PC and just tap into the market. It's not like we're helping our competitors, but we're tapping into a much larger market that can also help, you know, spread awareness about the game and stuff like that. For sure. Hmm. Yeah. The only thing that's sad is like a lot of people also don't realize is that when you're developing a game for PC, there's infinite amount of configurations of parts that a computer can have. And you got to optimize the game around that kind of. Yeah. So it takes a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's as a well lot as longer process. Some of these games, I know when I played uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, when it first came out on PC, it was not it's a game a game that was optimized for for a controller. Consoles. And even yeah. after they kind of fixed it, it's like it just certain things just don't work the best because it was never designed around a, a mouse and keyboard for certain things. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. That game too. Um, not even just that; it actually um, 
did not perform better on PC at launch. Uh, still, no, it, it played terrible because I played it at launch. I played it a few months ago and it played much better, but there were certain things, mainly the uh, the wheel to swap weapons, which is just smooth on a controller, but on the keyboard, like it just felt weird at times to to do certain things. But I mean, the game for the most part, after they kind of fixed it, it played a lot better, and it also felt like. This was their first jump into PC, so they just weren't used to certain things. So they kind of had to had to learn how a how PC gaming kind of works. Yeah, sure. yeah. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's interesting that um, so PlayStation ten years ago would have never did this, um, bringing games over to PC. But I think I think they see now that hey, just like Xbox. It's a missed opportunity to not make more money on your game. You know what I mean? Like you're, we've, we've done it this way for so long, and you know we've exhausted it that way. Let's see what happens when we go the other way. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think it's a good move, and um, I actually heard the discussion last night um, on Nintendo Prime's uh, podcast. Uh, they were live last night, and I was listening through on it. And they were talking about um, what would happen if Nintendo brought some of their games over to PC. Because, like, right now, you can play. uh, There are mods for Breath of the Wild, for Tears of the Kingdom, where, you know, it raises up to 120 frames per second and adds in all this crazy stuff. And, like, what would happen if Nintendo, like, officially released stuff over on PC? Because they hit the mobile market, like, they released a bunch of mobile games that all, I think all but Dr. Mario did pretty well. Like, uh, several of them are still active games. Um, it, wouldn't that be an interesting prospect, though, if Nintendo mm-hmm. brought their stuff over to PC? Like, they would hit a whole new crowd of people. Like, Kurgle, you would probably be more likely to play some Nintendo games, right? Yeah, I have a Switch, but I, I mean, I don't know. As I said before, like, I... I, I wish Nintendo would be less comfortable and cozy in their spot because they would be forced to innovate a little more. That's my only gripe with with Nintendo lately. It just it's just some of the stuff they they put out in the last couple of years. Just I get it. They're they're reiterating on a franchise and they're making it somewhat better. But I don't know, man. It's just I wish that they will lose a lot of like market share just so they can like start cranking out some crazy games again. That's what I think would need to happen for them to like Mm -hmm. really, really get back in the groove and really something new create. Yeah. To create something new, not to just like, Oh, we have, you know, a new Mario game. Like, yay. And everybody plays it because it's fun. Right. But can we like get something new? That'd I mean, cool. they they have though. They've they've done some innovative stuff. Splatoon was a, a new property. Um, there, there's been several new properties on on the Switch, and then like look at like uh, Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Those are entirely different than any other Zelda we've ever gotten. Like we've never had an open world Zelda. Pokemon, they well, Legends are. I wouldn't say never, but. Well, I, guess, I guess you could consider the NES game an open world game. And the open world. It, it is. It is. You're right. And and to be honest with you, I think Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are most similar to that game than any game ever because it it you're right. It is open world. You can play any dungeon at any spot in the game. You can start wherever you want. So you're right there. But in the the 3D space, um, 
entirely different. And uh, they they've released a bunch of new properties, but I, I get it. I mean, you're you're talking like the the Super Mario Wonder and and the Mario Kart. Like my my yeah. thing is how much I think Super Mario Wonder is the biggest innovation with their 2D Mario that they've had in since New Super no, Mario. No, it looks Rose good. Don't, I, but that's the thing. Mm. Don't get me wrong. It looks good. It feels fun. I just wish that they they were more challenged when it comes to their properties, right? Um, and and I don't know a direct like comparison that that, that I could think of, but if somebody made like th- what happened with Pal World is a is a good example, right? There's something that Pokemon Company didn't do, right? Pal World capitalized on it. They didn't execute it perfectly. It's a ton of bugs. It's not polished. Mm-hmm. It's the early access. Like there's so many things. But it sold out millions of copies. And yeah. that just tells you something, right? Like, And I wish that the industry would get shaken a, a little more like that because we would get better products as consumers like that. you know. And I think – I feel like they're too stubborn and they're too, too kind of – I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. They're, they're so worried about their like copyrighted material that – I, I would be really surprised if they came to PC and if, especially if they, if they like opened it up to modders and stuff, because some, so many like developers on PC are, they kind of actively make their games easy to mod because they know that the community is going to love it or the community is going to take care of them. You know, the people are going to buy the games because that's one of the aspects of it. Yeah. But I mean, it, it adds a, a whole extra extended life cycle to your game. Like you just look at like the I think the big example of that would be Skyrim. The game's over a decade old and it's yep. still a played game because the mods allow that game to be so unique and a, a fresh experience. Yep. A, a decade plus down the road, for sure. So how many mods? So yeah, there yeah there, there really is, and, and they release that. Um, they've released a few different versions of it besides just being on every console ever, but the anniversary yeah. edition, I think it was, it came out like last year or the year before. Did you guys play that? Like where they like revamped yeah. it and it, it looks They just added much. community made mods to the game is all they did. They didn't do anything extra than put mods into the game that you could get for That's free. Right. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. it was like a, a budget release. So, for console players, I think that's fair. I, I've never played on yeah. PC, so. Uh, but that, yeah, I mean, like games like that can survive forever. And Starfield could have been one of those games, but it flopped on that front. And uh, my hope is that the next Elder Scrolls is the same way. Because I mean, like, to be fair, like Skyrim's not even my favorite Elder Scrolls. It it's not for a lot of people. The Morrowind and Oblivion come up so much. Yeah, for a lot of people too, but Skyrim just had such a I think it was like a big shift when it comes to mods and things you could do with mods and and stuff like that. So, I think that's why people love it. But yeah, it would it would be interesting. Unfortunately, Starfield is probably just going to keep growing and growing. It will. Because there's too many mm-hmm. people that wanted, you know, Skyrim in space or Fallout in space, and that's why it's doing well and then obviously the modders are doing incredible amount of work to make it a playable game no well yeah i mean jokes aside like they're just making <laughs> it's a boring game it's very boring it, it's I, say what it is. I, I always say that it's boring yeah. but there's just i i know that you know 
six, seven people out of 10 like the game, like that you're a casual gamer that doesn't really care about the little things that we care about. And not just to call us hardcore gamers or anything like that, but we we're a little more critical. We, you know, we, we think of aspects in a video we game that a journalists. lot of people don't. We are video game yes. journalists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Certified. But, um, yeah. And then, we see these problems that the games have and a lot of, you know, your regular Joe doesn't, and that's fine. It just sucks because it makes companies like Bethesda and Nintendo complacent. And I don't know. I just wish there was more competition with certain video games and certain companies for sure. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, uh, it it would be nice to have, um, long lasting games like that again. Cause I, I'm trying to think what's the last game that you can think of that's, like a timeless game like Skyrim that can, you know, be played for years and years and years. Yeah, unfortunately, we all have ADHD and it's really hard for people to stick with a game, right? Um, I think that's another reason why there's so much trouble with the recent AAA games. Like, when you think about it, we used to get a video game. We would play it for like five, six years. And yeah. then the whole campaign in that video game might be what? Like 15, 20 hours? It wouldn't even have to be a mm. super long game. But because we had a better attention span, we didn't demand so much. We we're like, oh, yeah, like um, this this thing yeah. is, is busted day one, yep. but I can still play it. Well, yeah, fuck it. Like there's no day one patch. There's no complaining there's no forums that you can go on and complain there's no uh you know gaming news that are going to tell you what you should like or not like it was just a different time it was very different yeah good both good and bad it was good in some aspects and really bad in the other weren't oversaturated with you know 200 games coming out every year yeah Mm. i mean that's what i'm excited about you know lately we've been getting so many good indie titles that I'm so, so excited about the next few years. Yeah. And especially with AI, everybody saying like, oh, AI is going to, you know, crush the little guys. I feel like, no, it's just going to allow that one developer that sits in his room until 5 a.m. every day. It's going to allow him to to do work of that a whole team would need to do. Yeah, you can use it to compensate and, you know, do do more faster. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And then uh, I was just gonna before we continue on the other stuff, I got some more breaking news from the last few bum, hours. Bum, bum. <laughs> uh, Bandai Namco reveals it canceled at least five in development games. Um, don't know. It looks like one of them is Blue Protocol, an MMORPG. Uh, they partnered with Amazon Games for that to publish it. Um, the yeah, it looks like they, they're still working on the Elden Ring DLC. Um, planning on working on more for the... Wait, didn't... No, no, no. Wait, wait. Didn't Bandai Namco just sell their shares? This is, I don't know, four hours ago. Uh, several news sources. Oh, so I'm just reading the, mm, what we got here. But uh, it says... It looks like in recent earnings report, Bandai Namco stated that it has revamped its criteria for evaluating the quality of its games internally and has led to the cancellation of five games that were in development. Per IGN's own translation, Bandai explained that it now has stricter rules on which games get to proceed in development as games have become more expensive and costly to make. Um, It looks like... Yeah, so they're going to continue to work on the Dragon Ball series because that's always going to sell, of course. Um, 
But yeah, Blue Protocol, I know that that game was actually like, people are looking forward to that game. Uh, so that is kind of crazy. Um, I, I've heard a lot of talk on that one. Um, they did reveal that Tekken 8, which we did not see, uh, sold over 2 million copies and expects the game to continue selling until the next, next physical year. So uh, it is nearing the best-selling Tekken 8 game. Or Tekken the best-selling Tekken game, <laughs> um, which is crazy because Tekken Two, you know, people love that game and it sold it sold a lot. So it's nearing um, being the the best sold. It, it's crazy to me that uh, so many of these series are having the best sellers ever now, and I think it has a lot to do with getting people getting back into gaming or whatever during COVID. But uh, I'm sure that has a part to do it, you know, with it. But as what well, we also know that people stopped playing games too after so yeah. uh but it it is crazy all these franchises uh, a lot of them are, are hitting their their biggest numbers ever uh but bandai is still has other projects in store for this year including little nightmares 3 and sandland yes. um uh dark pictures anthology directive 8020 and dragon ball sparking zero don't have release dates yet so it's gotta be just give me a release date for that one out of all of them. I can't wait for the Dragon Ball game. Oh my god. I'll tell you what, Sandland oh, dude, that game looks so good. You guys know about that? It's a Kira Toriyama manga, so Dragon Ball. Um it's based on that. It was one of, it's before he uh created Dragon Ball. Um and it's a really, really cool universe. I've read the manga for that, and it like it legitimately, if you have not seen like the trailer or look something up now what um what's the name of it sandland it oh looks, yeah i watched yeah i watched it, it. i watched it, it the first so time it got good. announced it yeah. looks really cool yeah it's yeah, just like, weird and like different and i think it's gonna do well i think it's gonna do very well um yeah and uh, apparently oh, uh I can instantly tell that's from him yeah you yes. always can you always can and apparently i didn't know this i'm gonna have to look it up and watch it a feature-length film debuted last summer with, uh, based on the game. Uh, it's a multimedia tie-in. So I did not know that. I am going to immediately watch that. I love Toriyama. I'm a, I'm a massive fan. He's done so many, so many things that I love outside of just Dragon Ball. I mean, he's done all the artwork for Dragon Quest for years and years and years, and I uh, love Dragon Quest. Like he just, he's just. Uh, I don't know what it is about him, but his art style that that classic anime and manga art style that is just not there anymore. It's all, you know, 3d uh, models and, and 3d animated now. And you just don't have that classic, you know, yeah. beautiful yeah. looking sort of feel of these, these properties anymore. And it, it's, um it's something that's really, really died out with, with anime these days, which is one of the reasons that I dropped off of it, you know, a long yeah. time ago. So, I was gonna say this outside of a curatorium, the only other person that I know, whether you want to, this is more like uh, animation style, but I guess it it did a little bit into to two games as far as the art style would be a uh, 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 Miyazaki, like the the, yes. the 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 two people that have really distinct art styles that mm-hmm. has never changed throughout the years, and it works. You just see it, and you like bingo. Yeah, you, it's very distinct, stands out. Nothing else is quite like it. And then I would say as well, um, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name, but yeah, I mean, Miyazaki for sure. Anything Studio Ghibli, 
it, is that in? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Anything Studio Ghibli. I mean, just like absolute masterpieces. One of my favorite films of all time is a Studio Ghibli, which is a Kiki's Delivery Service. One of my favorites ever. Uh, super underrated with, with Studio Ghibli because everybody points to like um, Poyo or, um, you know, what, what's what's like the, the uh, Spirited Away, which are great too. Great movies as well. But uh, have you has, have you seen his newest movie? Like it's still out in theaters because I just watched it. No, what is uh, the it? boy? The boy? Uh, the boy and the heron. Oh yeah, I, I've seen the uh, trailer for it. No, I, I gotta watch it. If you haven't watched it, it's a it's a really good movie. Did you go to the I theater and watch it? it? Yeah. Oh heck yeah, yeah. I'll have to. I'll I mean, have it's to watch it's a two hour long movie, but it's definitely it's definitely worth it. Heck yeah. What what's the the pre- I I can't remember from the trailer. What's what's the premise for it? Uh, the main character at the start of the movie, his mom dies in a in a fire and then him and his dad move away from the city. Cause it's the timeline is it's, you know, 1940s Japan, essentially during the war, though it's just a, a backdrop to what's going on. And then they kind of move uh, out to the countryside. Obviously your main character is kind of, uh, you know, life kind of changes. So he's just kind of like reclusive, doesn't get along with anybody. And then he gets swept away to some other world. And it's kind of hard to go any further without giving away like the plot itself. Are you spoiling it? Mark, yeah, yeah such a pretty, pretty much such a spoiler. I did want to bring it up too because we haven't talked about it at all, and uh, me and Lee are going to do something on it, but it, it's just around the corner. Um, I, I want to hear thoughts on uh, Godzilla Kong: The New Empire. What what expectations are? What your thoughts are on the trailer? Uh, if you guys are even Godzilla fans, um, we you know we just got min- uh, minus minus. Minus world, right? Or minus one? Oh, yeah. Minus one. Minus one, uh, which was a phenomenal, phenomenal. I movie. think I think it'll be hard to, to stand up, at least as far as how that story was kind of told. But yeah. it, it'll probably be a good monster fight movie, as far as you know, kaiju's fighting each other. It's Don't know how the story's going to be making money. All those yeah. movies have made a shit ton of movie, ton of money, and yeah, Godzilla has the Infinity Gauntlet in the trailer too. So that's going to be interesting. Wait, what'd you say? He's got the Infinity Gauntlet. Like, he's got a gold yeah. arm or gold glove. So I he's gonna am... going to snap and get rid of all his yeah. enemies. I am a massive, massive, massive Godzilla and King Kong fan. So uh, Godzilla is, is probably my favorite property of all time, outside of anything gaming. Uh, prob- probably is my, my favorite. Um, I am so skeptical on this movie i don't think the trailer makes it look good at all um i get so excited every time i see i, I did a bunch of uh videos and, and stories but I, I get so excited when i see godzilla toys at, at walmart because we for years and years and years godzilla never got like merchandise here ever like we never got anything the last time we ever got anything was for the the 98 movie um, which is terrible. <laughs> um, recently watched it actually, and I totally forgot actually how long that yeah, movie is. Very long and ridiculous, uh, no, like stupid. If you just think of it as not a Godzilla movie, I don't think it's as bad. The, but you put Godzilla in the title, and you're like, this is terrible. Yeah, I could maybe see that. Um, uh, Matthew Broderick, I feel like kind of like partially ruined the movie too. I just don't think he did 
good in the movie. Like I didn't like his role. Um, I think it's hilarious. I don't know how deep you go into the the Godzilla lore, but um, Godzilla in that movie is named Zilla, right? Like in the rest of the franchise. So like it's canon to the franchise. And in Godzilla it's Final shortest, Wars, is it? what is it? Isn't it the shortest Godzilla? Yeah, it's the smallest, the smallest, the weirdest it, looking one. His his yeah. name is Zilla, and uh, and I, I believe it's Final Wars. Um, he is in the movie for like forty five seconds. Godzilla kicks him and kills him. <laughs> And you see, just get rid of it. Any CGI in that movie. Meanwhile, the rest is practical effects and in suits. But in that movie, like just Zilla is CGI, sort of making fun of it and all that stuff. But like it goes beyond that. Like Zilla's in comics and uh, like other stuff. So he's like canon to the universe. And um, another thing is there's actually a really, really, really good animated series based off of that movie. And it's just. God, yeah, it's really good, and it and it's based around Zilla, about. Zilla Junior. It's phenomenal, really, really uh, good hard. show. I, I can't like it just because of what it's tied to. I'm it's, sorry, it's hard. It's hard to, but it, it it's can't really it. good. It's really good. But um, yeah, I mean, so like based on the trailer, what what, what do you guys think? Like, because uh, there's some weird stuff in that trailer. Like this is like this is Godzilla like weirdness to me it's hollywood godzilla there's not more to say yeah. about it it's just gonna be a lot that's of cg way. and the CGI. writing's just gonna be uh just gonna the writing the writing the story is gonna be dog shit but the cgi fights will, will look cool that's about it i mean like i don't know I, i'm like so skeptical and obviously i want to love it but I think Legendary has been very hit or miss with these movies. Like I thought that the second Godzilla movie was was really good, King of Monsters, which a lot of people, believe it or not, in the Godzilla community hated. People hated that movie. Like if you're in, in any of the groups, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like Godzilla fans, you know, fr- from the first be, fifty-four movie, fair, like, you, do not. If like you it. look at Godzilla, the franchise as a whole, they're just very different from everything else. They they are and and I like King of Monsters a lot. My problem with the first Godzilla Legendary movie was that you basically don't see him the whole movie. Like he's barely in the movie. In which one again? The first one. Uh, Oh, the fifty eight one. No, no, like the first Legendary movie. Oh, the first. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, I don't care about these these characters. You see him like through the buildings, like his tail and and stuff like that. And that's. uh, I mean, if you're fortunately. I was gonna say I'll. I'm gonna have to head off. Okay, Manly guys, well. sorry, but uh, we're gonna still talk about Godzilla, right? Hope you guys all have a good weekend, and I'll see you all in the next one. All right, see we'll you, see you later. Hi right, guys, have a good night. I gotta drop. Unfortunately, no. oh, okay. I have to. Baby, the baby's yeah. screaming. No, I'm. I'm Everybody, everybody's popping out. Everybody's leaving. No. <laughs> No, I do. I do. I was supposed to be out like 10 minutes ago, but I didn't want to interrupt the Godzilla talk. Um, But yeah, I hope you guys have a good discussion. Um, Thank you all for joining tonight and I'll see you guys next Friday. All right. All right. Take it easy, everyone. Later. Yep. Have a good one. Yeah. So the only thing I was going to add on to that is just because I had the, I wanted to get the thought out was like, I don't have an issue if Godzilla's barely in your movie, but you have to do it right. All of the OG Godzilla or Godzilla minus one, you use him sp-
sparingly, but it's like this existential dread. Like when you know he's there, you know, shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah, I, I didn't want to shout out, but uh, um, Lucas gifted a Game Junction membership to the channel, so appreciate that. That's thank, you. thank you. Uh, I just wanted to hit a couple comments here because uh, it looks like um, we got a question from the Siphon asking, it, guys, what's your thoughts on Xbox sales getting better anytime soon? I mean, I think they... I, I did see an article about it recently, but pretty much ever since the uh, Xbox One reveal, they've just lost the market to to Sony, and they've just never gotten it back. Yeah. Um, like, they're just permanently second fiddle to Sony at this point. Yeah, it it it's hard to say, because since the, the 360, um, I don't think the which, Xbox has been the same. Which we oddly enough, PS3 still outsold the 360 in it in the end. Yeah, we looked that up, which was shocking because I, I thought it was absolutely the uh, the other way around. But yeah, That's I mean, probably worldwide sales, not in the U.S. The 360 obviously dominated. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. But I, I will say that I think that the sales could get get better for sure i i definitely don't think they're going to get worse um but you know i was thinking about this the other day i think the biggest thing that happened to xbox and i think they regret it to this day and it's like a monkey on their back is when the xbox one was announced you were required to use the xbox one connects and you were required to be online at all times and people and that's the worst decision they ever made. Yeah, I think I don't think they've ever recovered from that. I, I honestly that I really don't think they recovered from that because uh, they quickly ditched that Xbox Connect, which does have like games that you can use with it. And it's improved on the 361. I have one. It's actually, believe it or not, it's not a bad like camera for the for the time. Like you, you could use it. I know people that record and stream with that Xbox One Connect now. Um, it's not bad. It's a 1080p camera. Uh, that's just besides the point. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they've ever recovered from that. I think that was their biggest mistake they've ever made in history. And um, I think that was yeah. it. I mean, people love the 360. So, like, they were hyped for the Xbox One. I'll I'll just say this. When you look at the Xbox One and the PS4, I think the biggest issue is just the games themselves. Like, the PS4 had a really good exclusive library compared to what Microsoft was doing. They just didn't have good games, which just kind of led towards them, you know, losing the a dominant share of the market. Yep. Yep. And Xbox One was very lacking on first party games. Very lacking. Um and this is not just gonna say one last thing was like a minor thing. I think the UI for X for the Xbox One, I hated it. I think the simplicity the simplicity of the PS4 and the PS5 UI is just a more smoother experience. There's just too many menus in the Xbox. Um, I don't know if it changed with the new Xbox, but with the Xbox One uh, S that I have, I hate the UI so much. It didn't too bother me hate. so much. I I get what you're saying. I, I it's not it's definitely not the best. Um, but when the Series X launched, it was essentially the exact same thing as the Xbox One the UI. Now they've 
since changed stuff and there's been updates and it's better. It's easier to get around stuff. You can find stuff easier. But when it launched, it was ex- it was essentially the same UI. Like you could um, what was really cool with the Series X is you you literally just scanned something and everything moved over just like that to your Series X from your Xbox one. Like that was it. That's all it took. Like, yeah, I literally scanned the box inside the box and everything was brought over in. I don't know, 20 minutes. Which was really cool. I think that was really neat. But yeah, I was shocked when I um, started started playing. I'm like, this looks exactly the same as my Xbox One. Um, it was the exact same UI and everything. Uh, but it it's but, since gotten better. But I mean, still the what Sony did with the simplicity of the UI of of, of your games, your downloads, everything else is just it's it's smooth, it's seamless, easy experience to just navigate. And that's just one of the things. Like if I had to choose. Even regardless of the hardware itself, I just like the feel of the Xbox, uh, not the Xbox, but the PlayStation, the controller, just how everything works, you know, yeah. the, the, the system itself. Yep. Now, I think they still fair. have better exclusives. They certainly do have better exclusives. I think even now, like, um, Microsoft has bought up all these companies, made all these acquisitions, and we're seeing very little come of that. Now... Yeah. Granted, like a lot of that happened in late 2019 and 2020. Like, I think there was even a few in 2021, which was a rough time for, you know, starting a game like, you know, often game development cycles now are like six to eight years sometimes. Um, I think the average is five to six years for a game to be developed, a tripway game to be developed. So uh, that I mean, if, if we're counting that in, counting the struggles the normal development cycle for a triple A game. Yeah, we, we wouldn't really be seeing anything yet. Um, but, but I mean, like when they acquired Bethesda, like there's like six studios under BGS. And like, is. and none of those games, you've got like maybe one game since you've acquired it and nothing new for a few years. Or you're about to get your second well, game. Well, Redfall. <laughs> Redfall. <laughs> I wouldn't even, that's yeah, the dead on arrival. <laughs> it was it's it's apparently since gotten uh much better but yeah I, I played that the day it came out and i was like oh my god what is this crap it was if your games if your game doesn't do well at launch it's just not gonna do well like no man's sky is like the exception to the rule because they actually you know listen to the community yeah but it's also one of those games that yeah it was hype but it it's not a, it was never a triple a no. game it was always an indie game so it's always that yeah, this had a terrible launch, but it's in hindsight, it's one of the only ones that's understandable. Triple A, no, a, you've got no excuse. An indie a, studio, no, yeah, I mean, I, I'm willing to give you game. more wiggle room just because you have like what less than twenty people in your studio as a whole. Yeah, it and yeah, they listen. They listen to to all the backlash and they improve the game, and now it's a beloved game, which is funny because uh, we actually have some No Man's Sky news. Um, oh, and I think the other issue is, you know, like a lot of stuff, unlike uh, Fallout 76, you know, you don't pay once you bought the game. All these updates are just in the game. Like, I'm, they're not they're not trying to, you know, nickel and dime every, yeah. every penny out of you, which has apparently gotten much better, too, and has a pretty active fan base. Apparently, they've got that whole sure. Fallout convention and like uh, I, the problem is 76. Its reputation will be forever tainted. Because it's a triple A studio and because of some of the bad decisions they made, 
in the first few years. It's a game I will, regardless of what happens, I'll never go back to that game again. Like I'm, I'm permanently soured on it. There's, there's too many games. There's too many new games for me to go back to it, especially a game like that. I don't have time for, for games like that anymore. If I, if I'm playing a game like that, it's gotta be one because I just don't have the time for, for other games that I want to play that there's there's so many new games coming out that I want to play. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's apparently gotten much better. Um, it's it's got a very active fan base. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's something I wouldn't wouldn't go back to. But uh, No Man's Sky is actually goes free to play this weekend to celebrate the Omega Expedition launch, and uh, it's free from February fifteenth, which is was yesterday. Um, yeah. It went live at nine a.m. Eastern. And is free to play until February 19th, uh, promising no microtransactions, no free-to-play mechanics, just a huge universe to explore for free with your friends. Expeditions, which are timed events that set players on a specific path and mission, have also been revamped into the main game instead of only going or only being available through a different mode. And uh, apparently it was so mega updates, pretty, pretty big update from what I'm seeing. Um, it's already a lot now that you can do in the game. Yeah, it says the best rewards in any expedition to date, such as a new starship. Uh, the expedition will be available for four weeks in total, though No No Man's Sky can only be downloaded for free this first weekend. So uh, in almost eight years since launch, through over 25 free updates, the No Man's Sky universe has become, at times, overwhelming in breadth and depth. So it's hard to believe that game's been out for that long. It Dude, doesn't know. feel like it came out eight years ago. It feels like a few years ago. It, like I, it I does, yeah. I know when it came out, but I'm like, oh man, it's been that long. Yeah, it's crazy. I watched a trailer for that that Omega update. It looks cool. It looks really, really cool. Like I, I bought the game, you know, in this first in the first, you know, two weeks of, of launch. I like I remember playing I played it for like twenty yeah. hours when it first came out, but I did too. You you hit that point where you're like, mm, there's not a lot to do. Yeah, at, I quickly gave up on it, and then I rebought it for PS5, and I I think I have it maybe digitally on the Xbox too. I played with you. I, what, how did we play? Was we, it PS5? Uh, mm, I thought we cross platform because I played it we on might PC. Have, we, yeah, so I played it with you on Xbox, and if we cross, I don't think I, I don't remember ever rebuying the game. I I bought it at launch, and it's just was always in my Steam library. I just never played it. Well, I bought the PS5 version 2 for the VR mode. I went to try the VR mode, which is really oh, cool. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, but for me, it was very, very confusing. And I felt like I couldn't grasp. I- I'm sure that it's had updates and, and stuff since because I played it when it was new, when it first came out. But it felt very hard to control and just like just kind of weird. Um, I'm sure like you got to spend some time with it and get used to it, but I, I know for sure that the, the VR mode has gotten uh, significant updates. So I need to go back and check that out sometime. I, bu- I bought that to stream and played it one time. <laughs> so I need to put some more time into that. Um, but yeah, this wait, is well, wait for it to come out of the Apple vision. Then I'll get it on VR. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we do have Apple vision news actually. So I'm not we, paying that money for that thing. We can uh, again dive into oh. that. Apple Vision is, yeah, you know you're getting it, Mark. Quit it. Not anytime soon. Not at that price tag. Oh, yeah. And meanwhile, it's nothing more it. than a gimmick at this point. It's a, it's a, an ex, it's a expensive gimmick. I mean, then you could say that about all VR. Uh, what, what can I, what do I need that for? When I just use use my phone for everything I need that I can already do on that. Just, I mean, I, I don't think- want this big thing on my face where I look like I'm like a like a goober. 
I think the difference is, um, I mean, the MetaQuest 3 has it now, too, and the MetaQuest Pro. Um, but I think the difference is the how far it goes into the capabilities of AR, which I think is probably more at the forefront of gaming and what is more realistic with, with that stuff right now. Because AR, I mean, essentially takes everything around you and, you know, yeah. transforms it into a game or whatever. Um, but I think that's a more viable option. AR has been around for a long time. The 3DS, yeah. do you remember AR with the 3DS? Yeah. yeah so yeah, I remember using it. It's it, terrible on the 3DS, but it's there. It's it's there. So it's had a long time to have, uh, you know, work done to it. But I think that that, I think there is more to be offered. Not to be offered. How do I put it? Um, I think it's more viable or in a better place than VR itself is. I think AR has the capability is to it, really transform things. It it takes advantage of what's art the world around you that already exists and it's just putting stuff in all the Pokemon Go essentially. It's just throwing that an extra layer on a world that already exists that we we live in. Yeah. You go outside, you walk around and stuff like that. I think something like Pokemon Go would on the uh, on the Apple uh, Quest or whatever we're calling Apple it. Apple Vision. I think I mix it to, I'm mixing the, the two things. <laughs> yeah. But something like Pokemon in, on that, where you can actually see the world, but there's just a layer of glass that it could add stuff to it. That's a more realistic VR type type situation I think would actually work and would be something that would be, you know, very successful on something like that. Obviously, once it's Dude, I think so affordable too. to the masses. That That is a great point. I have not thought about that. I mean, even... Yeah, obviously AR because like that's what it is pretty much. Um yeah. even VR could be interesting for that. But yeah, they they could do that. I mean, Pokemon Go with with that, that would be that would be very interesting. I would love to see that. That's something that could maybe bring me back into the game. Like play it again for a little bit, I mean, like, you know. Yeah, I periodically it's just I it's just it's time consuming. I'm just kind of like eh. Yeah, I I, I'll it play it for time. six months heavily, and then I kind of get sick of it, and I won't touch it for like a year. But I mean, because I was thinking about, it, I was like, well, it's already got that clear glass. All you have to do is just throw Pokemon into the world in a more, a little more in depth than what the, the 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 phone does. But everything's kind of already there on the with within the game. It's just you know based off a of cell signal to spawn stuff. You see the the Pokemon centers walk up to it. I don't know. Maybe they do something where it's hey I throw my hand and that's how you throw a pokeball or something like that i don't know how that would work exactly but well they you can have see con- the potential controllers like they have well i mean maybe something like without a control like it just recognizes like your hand and you just you can just throw an imaginary ball it would you would look weird to everybody else but i mean the technological yeah and the gaming stuff that you could potentially do with a essentially a see-through screen you know the potential's there yeah it, no, i don't know, it how, really you, I don't know how you fully implement it um but i mean i'm sure there's somebody smart enough that that could yeah i i think that that could be yeah that that's a good point i think that could be really interesting to to see that's like the the future of of mobile gaming kind of goes down that route yeah yeah i i mean well that okay that kind of leads into the article because um so this this is basically talking a little more on the gaming side, which we we got a little bit into last week, and um, you know it it's kind of underwhelming. A lot of stuff got brought brought over, but uh, looks like 
This, this says basically gaming on the Apple Vision Pro shortly after launch isn't as limited as you may think. Thanks to cloud gaming and other online options, you can play a wide array, uh, wide array of titles that aren't made for the headset. Uh, there are ways to play games on devices in Apple's ecosystem with iOS, iPad OS, and Mac OS games to choose from. Um, some titles from Apple Arcade work with the headset. Uh, complete with an augmented reality or proper virtual reality experience. That's cool. I mean, because Apple Arcade, you know, despite me not being a mobile gamer like that, um, it does have a lot to offer. Like it is a for the yeah. price. There, there's a lot there. So that's cool that a lot of those games are are offering an AR VR mode. Um, so I mean, like there, I see gaming for this device specifically because of course Apple is different, has their own um, UI and, and ecosystem. So it's going to be completely different than something like PSVR two or um, yeah. MetaQuest or anything like that. I feel like MetaQuest is a sort of a, a catch all VR where, you know, just a lot of stuff is available there. But um, yeah, I think that gaming will ramp up for this because I think that's why a lot of people bought this. Um, Oh, why else are you gonna buy it at the end? Of, really, why else would you buy it at the end of the day? I mean, a lot. They they really. I want to. Have... I want to go walking to watch a movie, but not have to look at my phone and hike or something like that. I mean, I I think it's they heavily heavily promoted it as like a workflow type experience. Like if you, which to be fair, like some of the things that you can do in it and and how they presented it is actually pretty cool. Like I can see where. For some of the stuff that you might even like a content creator, I can see how that could come in handy. Like I maybe not for thirty five hundred dollars, but um, like I, I get it. Uh, but this this says one of the obstacles uh, is hardware as you need game controllers for all this to work. You can't really play console games using eye tracking and finger taps, which is a good point. Like that is a um, a weird way to try to play <laughs> finger yeah. tapping. So, I mean. Maybe if it's it, it's something you hook up to a PC and play like that in an open room, it opens up a lot of options. But if you wanted to be like outside and do something with it, obviously you have to change the way it works. And if there's different ways you can use your hands without actually needing a controller. Yeah, I mean, at least it does support all the the modern platform controllers, which is good with the Bluetooth. Yeah. So I just I just thought of something that'd be great for like for LARPing. <laughs> It wouldn't be. It kind of would be. You're you right. Can see, you can see like, the world. And the dragon that you're in is now. really there. <laughs> you're I mean, it looked no different from being in a field, you know, doing doing LARP, LARPing already. That is a clip. <laughs> Mark LARPs with the Apple Vision Pro. I love it. That is a great. I'm point. just saying, there's there's unique potential. You just have there to, is, you know, yeah. not think of the standard gaming and how can you take advantage of it. And how could you add on to something like this to be like, hey, maybe I can just, you know, hold a fist and all of a sudden within the world, it's I'm just holding a sword or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I, there is a lot of potential for sure. There's there's 100 percent a lot of potential. Um, uh, We got Gigi asking, Mark, do you own or are buying VR? I love PSVR, too. And everybody's saying team Mark. I don't know where that's coming from, but. <laughs> I have the the original VR for the for the for the PS4 and 
And I was like, this is neat. It really, at the end of the day, felt like a waste of $300 when I bought it. Uh, so if I do get VR, it'd be more PC related just because that's, it, it's got a, more of my games are on PC and it's a little bit more tied into the hardware, but I'm not the biggest, as it stands right now, the biggest VR fan myself. Gotcha. Yeah, that that's it. That's fair. Um, Lionheart Game 13 says, I love AR, and then also says, I love your guys' show. Good job, guys. Mark, you are awesome. Um, uh, Lucas says, I loved ER. What? Like, like the show ER? I, I don't know. Uh, he, he asked, I too love going to the emergency room. <laughs> that's, that's what I was, I was thinking there. Uh, yes, with the Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse 2 next-gen upgrade coming, how much longer do you think they will support the game? Is it seven years? It's seven. It's been around for seven years, what he's saying, and it's getting a next-gen uh, update, upgrade. I mean, I assume if they're upgrading for the next-gen, it's got a decently long lifespan, but I've only ever played the first Xeno game, uh, the first Xenoblade game, and I didn't even play it that long. You mean Xenoverse? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm saying the right thing, but I'm saying the wrong name. It, it's shocking to me that they're doing that. I actually didn't know because the uh, the new Dragon Ball game's coming out, so you'd think they wouldn't want to take well, away from the sales of well, that game. Technically, two different games, and this is more of like the live service type game. To where, yeah, it is. You, sure. Obviously, realistically, you're not going to just play this game constantly. You can kind of play it, play another game, kind of come back to it, and stuff like that. Yeah, that that's that's true. Um, I didn't think about that actually. That's a that's a good point. And uh, yeah, I assume that they're probably planning to support it for a few more years at least. Then they want to see what they can do on modern platforms. And um, yeah, I th- Xenoblade Three comes out down the road. Xenoverse, Mark. Xenoverse. Xeno- oh my God, Xenoblade yeah. Three is already out. <laughs> Xenomorphs. Xeno, you know, Xeno, everything. Yeah, let's just go Xeno. Z- xenophobic. Yeah, exactly. I'm so, sorry, they're too similar of a name. Them. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Xeno stuff out there. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> well, I mean, Xenomorph. Uh, Xenomorph. I do like Xenomorphs. They are pretty cool. Uh, so this, this is pretty interesting. This is from today. Uh, Power World has lost. Um, twenty percent of its player base discourse is lazy. Devs say new content will come, and it's going to be awesome. But these things will take a little bit of time. So they lost twenty the game twenty percent of their player base. Um, but they've got new content coming. So there's I mean, more in the, the game. So technically, in I mean, to be fair, while that you make that a sensational headline, like that's that makes sense. Like you can't have like twenty million people come to your game and not have massive drop off yeah. eventually. When people like they've had their fill of the game, they, they want to go play exactly. their games, and maybe you know they'll eventually trickle back as you get new updates. It's the majority of these player base they're they're not going to sustain these high numbers for for forever. It's just unrealistic. No, no game will. I mean, so but they've made their money, which is what's important. 12, they've made the, these sales are there. Twelve million sales, and this doesn't account for Game Pass either, which is on PC and Xbox. So for an indie studio, that's like more than they could have ever hoped for. Exactly, and then it looks like there is two million or two point one million, roughly, um, concurrent players. 
So at any one given time, uh, which is That's a lot, really man, for an indie game. Yeah. That is just insane. Have I mean, you have you even, played it yet? Even for some, I played a little bit, just not not super heavy. Uh, but I mean, regardless, even for some AAA games, you know, a month into to its life, that's still really good. That yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, th- looks like Pocket Pair has said that its staff has received death threats amid Pokemon ripoff claims, which it has denied. Uh, those are just you know Nintendo fanboys being Nintendo can do no wrong. That's that's some some stupid stupid kids. So I want you to look at this because uh, I think this would be a great discussion live, and uh, I, I would love to. Um, this, this could be a good clip, but I want you to look. I found this super interesting. Um, I try to send it to you too while I'm pulling it up. But Dragon Quest Monsters uh, comparisons to Pokemon, right? So Dragon Quest Monsters came out before Pokemon, and um, the comparisons of the monsters from Dragon Quest to Pokemon, uh, some of them are uncanny, like almost as if Nintendo just straight up pulled it from those games. Um, but if you just type in like Dragon Quest monsters comparison to Pokemon, yeah, I saw a uh, a Reddit post on it. Oh, that's with the same image. It it might. I mean, it might be. To to be fair, most of these are based off of pre existing creatures that kind of already exist in our world to some degree. You know, with bats, caterpillars, some old crustacean, uh, you know, some kind of dragon, rocks, a, a dog, like a. You can. It's one of those things, like, if you look close enough, sure. Or there may have been inspiration, but I mean, there's enough of a difference to where, you know, it's it's something new. But I mean,. Tell find something that isn't a ripoff or an inspiration of a pre-existing work at this point. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, at this point, when like every single thing in the world has been done, like yeah, for but, sure. I mean, like you've, but, you know, when you when you've had like a decade plus, I mean, yeah, there's, there's there's probably an inspiration, but that's like what a handful of Pokemon that just so happened to be similar. They were inspirations to, to some degree. Yeah, yeah, I. I it is interesting, though. It brings up a, a good discussion with um, just kind of this as a whole, like, and why I think maybe the Pokemon company doesn't have a lot that they can say with this whole thing, because no, some of I these are did, just uncanny on how I because I, it was from the same dude uh, uh, that that pirate software dude. I've, I sent you a clip of it where he's like when Nintendo made their statement, I liked his interpretation. It's like Yes, we're aware. Please stop sending us emails. We we know. Like if something was going to be done, it would have been taken care of at this point. Like, yeah, yep. There's nothing that if if it would have made news if there was a some kind of um, lawsuit, you would have heard about it by now. Maybe. I mean, that stuff takes a very very long time, especially for stuff like that where it involves like. So, but it would have been it, it, something would have been leaked. Like I, you I would have so you would have heard something by now. Like nothing's going to happen. There's one of those enough of a difference, and they didn't already know it was coming out. They looked into it. There isn't realistically no case. Like it's just not worth anybody's time. Let's just you know. I don't think anything can happen because all Power World has to do is show the chart of the comparisons of that and be like, uh, look what you guys did. You did it first and you did it years and years and years ago and are still using. Eh, I don't know if that's a legal argument, but I mean, it's there to some degree, but 
I also, you know, I don't, I'm not a lawyer when it comes to Japanese law and Japanese copyright. So, but I, I feel like, and we kind of talked on it last week that if something was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Like it wouldn't have gotten yeah. this far if they didn't want it to. I agree. I, I think something would have already happened. I think it's probably... It's just a bunch of stupid fanboys simping for a billion-dollar corporation that doesn't care about them. That's just unhappy that it makes their fa- their, their their favorite game or series or company look bad. I Yeah, I agree. I, you know what? I mean, I just think that the Pow World is... Which is one of the reasons why we may not get a new mainline game like anytime soon. I think it just showed the Pokemon company that we we need to do something different. We got to do better. Well, they here. didn't have to. They were just pumping out minimal effort crap and Pokemon fans, diehards were just eating it up. As bad as these last two games were. Yeah. Uh I it it's tough. I don't know. Uh we got Gigi asking Mark, what's your favorite anime? Oh, that's that's a tough one. I don't. Oh, you know <laughs> what? It, I, I had to turn, it and then it hit me. It, it would have to be the uh, uh, the Tenchi Muyo OVA series. I don't know why that. Was. I even had to think I about that for a second. Knew you were going to say Tenchi Muyo. I knew it. It's I what know. it's not knowing it at the time when it was on Toonami. It's the first anime that I really watched that wasn't Dragon Ball Z. Though I yep. think I, I think it's better than Dragon Ball Z personally. Oh, yeah. but it's also the first series that when I actually restarted looking and getting back into it. It's the first one because I think I don't know how old I was. I'm some kind of teenager when I found the first three episodes of that series that I still have on VHS, and then well, me that that's really what re-sparked my interest in in anime as a whole. Before I knew it as just some cartoon on TV. Well, yeah, I mean, even like uh, what was it? Probably I, I'm just guessing. Was it maybe like 2015? We went to the one uh, anime convention. Cause you, no, you were it looking, was before that. Was it before yeah, that? that? That that was like twenty. I think it was twenty thirteen when we won it. Okay, so yeah, year after we graduated. It's been a while. That makes sense. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, that was yeah. You were looking for Tenchi Muyo stuff then. I remember. We I mean, were, it's a. I want to. It's a ninety series though. We've recently gotten two new OVAs for it, and did, really? at least as far as the. Yeah, this the fifth OVA came out. What's it? Twenty one. 2021, 2022, somewhere in there. Oh, okay. I didn't know It's that. one of those weird things where, like, the, the fourth and the fifth OVA, because they're tying in a lot of spinoff series together. Yeah. A lot of which are, are light novels that never came to the came to the West. Oh, yeah, light uh, novels. It brought a bunch... There's, it's one of those things that, in the West, it has a lot of mixed reaction to it. Uh, but as far as, like, its main audience in Japan, it did very well over there. Like, the audience over there liked it, but you know, you come over here and not the same degree, but a lot of the, a lot of the series or the, um, continuity, continuity, or I can't, I continuity, can't right now. <laughs> continuity, uh, just never came to the West cause it's really is a niche show and, you know, light novels just, unless they're super popular, we don't get them translated and, and brought over here. Yeah. I remember when we finally got the first light novel for death note, I was so stoked because I just love that universe and, and that story, at least, uh, at least the first season. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was super excited about that. Um, sorry, big, big death note fan. And, and, uh, 
the light well, actually, novels showed some, you know, other stories. So, because for one of the, uh, I think I should probably take that cover off. Because I did buy one of the light novels for the spinoff, the the GXP series. The oh, okay. Lights glaring it. I did buy it, though I can't really read it. But it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, I don't know why we can't get these over here. Well, I think the reason is that uh, physical books just don't sell <laughs> like they they used to. Uh, physical well, anything having a it's neat having it's, like an actual Japanese a, book with everything there. Yeah, it is. It is light novels are uh, very very cool. Um, but yeah, I always found it interesting that um, a manga would translate over to anime and to a light novel. Like the story, it just they're they're two completely different things. So like, I was really upset when I you know the the light novels came out for Death Note, and I couldn't 